Hey, dude, did you see my and, cookie? And I'm short one cookie. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, January 5th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 580. This is No Agenda. HR 3304, so you don't have to. From FEMA Region 6 here in the Travis Heights hideout, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I'm here to see if Windows 8.1 reboots in two hours, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Why, do you really have to necessarily antagonize everyone with this window stuff of yours? What? Why was that antagonizing? I was just thinking. It starts. Fact. It starts up so much email. No, I've gotten one, not one note. <laughs> you, in fact, it was. I've saved the thread between you and I forget who it was now. Oh, he's the guy. He's the uh, the Linux guy. No, he no, he's not the Linux guy. He's the yeah, guy the who was. Guy. No, he's telling you that. No, no, it's the guy who's like. You could have downloaded the regular version. I, I don't want to get into it anymore. But you went back and forth with him, like on an I email did. yelling thread. Yes, I must have been just sleepwalking. I don't remember this. Yes. Oh, it, 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 in fact, it was surprising because you rarely ever do that, huh? And then it ended up. It, he ended up by saying, "Oh no, 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 that was about something else." No, it wasn't. And then he ends up by saying, "No, it was about that was about no. full screen Skype." Yes, about on Windows eight. Yeah, I don't care about that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the threat that uh, Windows 8.1 is going to reboot in two hours. Okay, fine. You know, you know the reason why you don't like why Windows 8 is is not working for you. It's meant to be used with a touch screen. This is this is why you're not understanding the big full screen stuff. This is for people who want to touch their screen. This is it is it is. It's, touch my screen. <laughs> oh, the pretty pictures. <laughs> Put a touch by screen. <laughs> Which guy is that? That's the guy, the Windows 8 user. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Hold on a second. Let me get this straight. Hold on. And now, ladies and gentlemen, John C. Devorah. <laughs> With a Windows 8 user. Oh, I want to touch my screen. That's right. That's our Windows 8 user brought to you by John C. Devorak. And uh, let me start off by giving you uh, props. Uh, everyone noticed this, of course. No sooner had you said, uh, here's how it went, I think. I had a, a clip from Colorado, and of course, uh, you know, the kids are all getting high at school, and this, of course, is the problem with the kids in Colorado, and it's all about the, the war on weed. And you immediately said, oh, don't worry. This is all part of the campaign. Next, there'll be some kid will eat some weed cookie and be all stoned and everything. And you nailed it. Yeah, I know. I did it in such a short... <laughs> luckily, I did it. It's no, one no. of the few times that anyone remembers our predictions because <laughs> yeah. usually we're way out. <laughs> this, Yeah, in fact, yeah, that's right. Usually we're you know months and months ahead of the bullcrap that starts. And I, you just nailed it. You missed it by three years on the kid's age, though. I have to say, that was yeah, dis disappointing. Five. Yeah, disappointing. disappointing. Two. I think is a bit much. They went over the top with that one. Uh, I have a, I have a, the Associated Press report, if you want to hear that. I don't know if you have a report about it. Shall I play the AP report? Because it's kind of funny. Yeah. ER doctors at this hospital in Longmont, Colorado, say a two-year-old girl tested positive for THC, marijuana's active ingredient. 
The child's mom brought the toddler to the ER, saying the girl was lethargic. But the mom says her daughter did not get the marijuana from her. She has denied using uh, marijuana at her house. Uh, we have searched the house, did not find any marijuana. Let me ask you a question. If, if marijuana is legal, how did the police... So you bring your kid to the emergency room, you say, uh, I think my kid is lethargic. And within this very short time span, they've searched your house for a legal substance? Yeah. This is not true. No, the whole story is bogus. This is obviously bullcrap. I'm trying to to pull it apart so people can see that this is... And I think I know who planted the story, too, by the way. But it's, Oh, it's, well, you got me on that yeah. one. Uh, but let's listen to a little more of this bull crap. Uh, so apparently this didn't happen in the house. The way I read the story, the reporting, is the toddler was outside, two years old, and, and picked up a cookie, ate half of it before her mom had seen it. Right. There was a cookie, a <laughs> dope cookie, coincidentally, laying in the yard, I guess dropped by some stoner, or perhaps it fell out of this plastic hey, bag. Hey, dude, did you see my and, cookie? And I'm short one cookie. <laughs> dude, where's my cookie, man? Did you take my cookie? The mom tells police her daughter found a cookie outside their apartment and ate it. <laughs> We worry about um, <laughs> how they're breathing. Pediatrics instructor Dr. George Wong authored a study about children eating pot. He says that since 2009, the number of Colorado children hospitalized for accidentally eating pot-laced sweets has steadily increased. To what? From what? what? A million? From what? 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 The child's not going to know the difference between an edible product without marijuana and an edible product with marijuana. And he says the spike is connected to the easing of Colorado's drug laws. Ah, Police agree. There it is. We're going to see an increase in this, and it, it highlights the hazards of having Having marijuana out and accessible to children. The toddler's hospitalization comes the same week retail sales of marijuana in Colorado became legal. Yeah, really? Incidents? I think not. The girl spent the night at the hospital, but she's expected to be okay. Padmananda Rama, Associated Press. Thank you, Padmanandarama Rama. Associated Press. Yeah, and what a great report from AP there, huh? Oh, yeah, and you know, the number's been going up and skyrocketing. From whatever to something. So from z- <laughs> zip to zap. Uh, Smart Colorado is the organization that planted this. They've been mentioned in every single article that I've been oh, able to find. That's a giveaway. Yeah, smartcolorado.org. Uh, uh, grassroots citizen-run nonprofit 501c4 organization. Uh, of course, I cannot find anything about them because... Uh, it was formed in ar- early March of 2013, so we won't find any reporting requirements from this uh, organization until at least October of this year. But I'll I'll make a note. I, you know, I, I love looking at Form 990s. Uh, but, of course, the volunteer-led organization, no financial stake or motive, except they have appeared to hire veteran lobbyist Mike Freely of Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek, and Sandra Hagen-Solon from Capital Solutions and Policy Communications firm SE2. But you know, we—it's just a, you know, it's just a little, little volunteer thing going on here. That's a professional setup. Yeah, and they planted that story to scare the public, and of course, the news media everywhere, because it was picked up in San Francisco and elsewhere. They all lapped it up like the parrots that they are. It's pathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is incredibly pathetic. 
I mean, kids, there's more, kids are eating Drano, as I mentioned in the newsletter. More like, <laughs> they're more likely to get killed by some household crap, soap, <laughs> soap. than they are from anything. Yeah. How about just water, fluoride in your water? Protecting Boston. youth from marijuana. About <laughs> us. Our history, our mission. What is your mission? Our mission. Is a nonpartisan blah blah. You already read this. It's just not a mission. It's a statement. Yeah. The uh, mission. What is the mission? What is the mission? I don't putting but, the health of safety of Colorado kids first. That's the mission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Smart Colorado nonpartisan statewide grassroots organization. Grassroots. Yes. Astroturf focused on putting the health and safety of Colorado kids first. Now. And if you go to uh, uh, drugs involved in this, there's a drug front. You think you think like, it's you know, like pharma? It could be. Big pharma is behind this somehow. If you go to meet our leadership team, no results found. <laughs> they <laughs> have no leadership team. They have no leadership team. Anyway, but just it was uncanny to me how you know this. This, of course, is in some ways a callback to the uh, Iraqi kids thrown uh, out of the incubators onto the floor. Yeah, somebody turned, pointed that out. Yeah, yeah which, exactly. Which turned turned out to be uh, the daughter, Bullcrap. the daughter of a crisis management PR firm, and it was completely made up. Yeah, and these things do happen. They, you know, things get made up for specific reasons. But this was so transparent, and it's after all these years that we now we just know the script. It's like, oh, okay, this is so obvious what's going to happen next. Yeah, no, the script is apparent. They they can't come up with anything new, and why should they? The public laps this stuff up like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> it works, yeah. What difference does it make? It was, hey, there's two jerk-offs doing a podcast that have busted us. Uh, so how many, what's their <laughs> listenership? It could, unless it's 10 million, who cares? Right. Whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah exactly. Meanwhile, real stories, which we, we I keep passing on this one. Oh. Federal law judge rules key part of Utah bigamy laws unconstitutional. Oh, meaning we can live it up? You can have more bigamy. I think that's a plus. Do we have a, a clip on this? No, it's just <laughs> no. I throw it in. Oh, that's a bummer. I want a clip. I would like to have a clip, but there's no clip because there's no PR company behind it. There's no pro-bigamy <laughs> lobbying group. <laughs> that's, you don't know that. Well, anyway, I'm a little mad. I'm a little mad. They pulled a fast one, and I didn't see it, and I feel kind of stupid. Well, they're always going to pull fast ones. We're going to miss a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I just feel this dumb. Is really obvious? Uh, kind of. You recall maybe four weeks ago, the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act for 2014. It's This is a recurring theme every year. Uh, BO came out. It was going through the House, going through the Senate. I had read through pretty much 803 pages, I think, of this thing. And I and I, I think I said there was you know there was a little bit of off world space stuff in there that was kind of semi interesting and I've been tracking it for a while, and uh, but I didn't really see anything like the sections two fifteen and you know and seven ten and all of the detention stuff that we saw in the two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen uh, National Defense Authorization Act, so I let it slip a little bit. And on the, the 26th, when we were still in the midst of, oh, I don't know, what was the world talking about? Oh, yeah, the Duck Dynasty guy. That's re that's really what all the news right, was. Which is the key that we had. I mean, we have to bear down when that happens. Yeah, and exactly. And, and I, I we, we looked at it as a way to cover up Target, which all helped, certainly. Uh, it certainly did not 
um, hurt the fact that they switched out the entire bill for a different one. And that's what the president signed from his vacation address in Hawaii. So it was well, you n- remember the year before that when they slipped the whole <laughs> bill in and we accidentally caught it on C-SPAN. Well, they signed yeah, the president signed it in the in the in the dark of night on the thirty first. Uh, that's what happened last time. <clears throat> this time it was the day after Christmas, but it was a whole different bill. This, it was three three zero four. The old bill, the, the, a, a, a bill. Oh, no, you were reading the presented bill. Yes, and then a whole new bill was presented and voted on, and I and. Nothing. There was nothing on C-SPAN. Nothing about yeah, this. Yeah, no, it was. It was one of the. It was like last time where they slipped it in, and somebody. Well, somebody's talking about brush fires. But they. They. It's a whole different document this well, time. So you can do whatever you want if you're slipping it in. So I got the new document, and holy crap! Really? This, oh, yes, really. Um, so it's the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2014. The only t- sections that are uh, of important, although there's a lot as always. And of course, I didn't have time to get through everything, uh, but I did get through the sections 932 and the 1071s, which I just like to touch on briefly because it is important. And trust me, no one's going to report on this. So you might as well just get it from here. Everything's marked up in the show notes, of course. Uh, so Cyber Command, is a, all of the cyber stuff that we were expecting shows up in this new document. It was not in the one I was looking at. Is Richard Clark named? Almost, because there's <laughs> a lot of openings for uh, stuff that can be uh, provided for by the uh, private industry and even other countries. As gifts, Ooh. no less. And I'll, I'll tell you about that. So the Secretary of Defense shall take such actions... As it considers appropriate to provide the United States Cyber Command Operational Military Units with infrastructure and equipment, enabling access to the Internet and other types of networks to permit the United States Cyber Command to conduct wartime missions and execute offensive military cyber operations. And this is interesting to me because they're taking real warfare language where you blow people's limbs off and bash their heads in and burn their cities down to rubble and using that in a computer network environment. And it's just not the same thing, but they're making it sound like it's exactly the same thing and and allowing, I guess, our um, cyber forces to execute offensive military cyber operations, which means it's not necessarily done out of as a defensive move. And I'm not so sure I'm okay with that, uh, because they have no clue what they're doing. It's, no one really knows what the what the result of, of real cyber warfare could be, and I think it's very dangerous. But anyway, it's all okay. Go ahead and be offensive and do whatever you want according to the act that, by the way, pretty much everybody signed off on. I think there's two Democrats who didn't si- sign off on this and seven Republicans. So pretty much everybody's all in on it. Because they, they probably didn't read it. They're like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. I think I'll the just... word probably is not the uh, <laughs> they didn't read it. Yeah, they didn't read it. Yeah, there you go. Right. Now, there will be, there will be a, a designated, for purposes of defense, for defense policy, a principal cyber advisor. And this will be a new job. Vivek Kundra, welcome back. <laughs> oh, God. So we'll have to see who that who that is, but the principal cyber advisor shall be responsible for 
the overall supervision of cyber activities related to offensive missions, defense of the United States, and defense of Department of Defense networks, including oversight of policy and operational considerations. Yeah, you, you Richard Clark. It's going to be someone like that, yeah. Um, I think it'll be him. He's the one who's been pushing for this job. He's the one who created the job, I'm sure of it. He's behind what you just read. Oh, it's, but this is bad. You can't just have some guy coming in who's going to be the principal cyber advisor and says, yeah, yeah, I think you can go ahead and, and hack those guys. And if that's Richard Clark, wow. Uh, so this guy will integrate the cyber expert, or gal, will integrate the cyber expertise and perspectives of appropriate organizations. And this is really a coming together of uh, the Defense Department intelligence communities, not the CIA. They're not mentioned anywhere. It's all about NSA and Department of Defense. Kind of, They are a part, part of the department, of course. Interesting. He will also select team members, designate the team leader. Uh, we'll work on the training of personnel. Uh, so that is essentially your uh, cyber advisor. Uh, now let me go down here a little bit. Cyber advisor. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's uh, cyber advisor. What else can we do? <laughs> I'm sorry, the principal cyber advisor. The, princi- the principal. I'm the principal cyber advisor of America. <laughs> of America. <laughs> yeah, he will also provide an evaluation of the potential roles of the reserve components in the concept of operation and concept of employment for cyber operation forces required. So now we can have reserves being... I mean, we're moving towards full-scale cyber war. This is how... Yeah, it, we're the ones starting it. Yeah, well, we're... Nobody it, else even talks about it. Yeah. So essentially, there'll be no more... So tr- we're going to bring down our own grid. Who? Yeah, why not? Well, there's, part, there's something in this act about that as too. Uh, in cons- now, here's where it got a little scary to me. In consultation with the Secretary of Homeland Security, consideration of ways to ensure that the governors of several states through the Council of Governors, now that's that organization that is funded with $100 million um, that brought us Common Core, as an example. Uh, So the ensure the governors of the the Council of Governors, as appropriate, have an opportunity to provide the Secretary of Defense and uh, Secretary of Homeland Security an independent evaluation of state cyber capabilities and state cyber needs that cannot be fulfilled through the private sector. Uh, so there will be a push now to have your local law enforcement have some form of cyber capabilities. And it, that's like giving a guy root access and saying, whatever you do, never ever do RM star. Hey. Section 936, cyber outreach and threat awareness for small business. Uh, These will be contracts that will be awarded by the Department of Defense to assist small business to, one, understand the gravity and scope of cyber threats. So that's a marketing thing. We could get in on that money. Uh, We need to do something. (laughs) Two, develop a plan to protect intellectual property. And three, develop a plan to protect the networks of small businesses this i okay, feel is so wrong this is this is, so the one of the impetuses behind this obviously is the movie industry yes of course that's the intellectual so hollywood is have a has a piece of this yeah yeah and their networks and and apparently the government's going to use taxpayer dollars to protect their networks which uh, which i think i think you're right this can only mean People streaming or you know Hollywood stuff. It it has no bear. Look, I don't think the no agenda doing business as no agenda is going to get any, get any offers from the government to help protect our network. <laughs> don't think that's going to happen. 
No. All right, Section 938 of the National Defense Authorization Act, 2014, supervision of the acquisition of cloud computing capabilities. Now, this is what Vivek did start off. Yes, Vivek is behind this. <laughs> uh, the chairman of the Joint Requirements Oversight Council supervises the following, the review, development, modification, and approval of requirements for cloud computing solutions for data analysis and storage by the armed forces and defense agencies including requirements for cross-domain enterprise-wide discovery and correlation of data stored in cloud computing databases. So that's the integration of uh, uh, defense and armed forces and intelligence into the same systems, uh, which by itself, just having that in a cloud situation is, as far as I'm concerned, a, a risk. Uh, integration of plans uh, with uh, enterprise-wide plans of the armed forces. Okay, we already did that one. Um, integration with intelligence community efforts. The secretary shall coordinate with the director of national intelligence to ensure that activities under this section are integrated with the intelligence community information technology enterprise, which is I-C-I-T-E, eyesight, <laughs> in order to achieve interoperability, information sharing, and other efficiencies. Now, Section 940, control... This is where, this is where I got a little, little heebie-jeebies. Control of the proliferation of cyber weapons. Let me just bring that back to you. Control of the proliferation of cyber weapons. So there's an anti-proliferation clause in here, and cyber weapons uh, would... Uh, well, I mean, you can interpret this any way you want. But it seems to me would be uh, viruses and trojans. I can't think of anything else. What else would it be? Well, they're they're using nuclear terminology. That's the problem I have. So yeah, have, I have a problem with that too. It's 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 not good. So we have a, a, a anti- proliferation. It's like there. Oh, there was ten yesterday. Now there's twenty. No, no, no. Yeah. So I guess you can't do copy paste or something. Uh, so here's what it's about. Interagency process for establishment of policy. The president will establish an interagency process to provide for the establishment of an integrated policy to control the proliferation of cyber weapons, which could be a ping. I don't know. And what is a cyber weapon? Pings. Pings <laughs> must be banned. <laughs> the command ping is not operative on your on your system. Uh, through unilateral and cooperative law enforcement activities, financial means, diplomatic engagement, and such other means as the president considers appropriate. So they could, if, they, if you're being accused of creating a cyber weapon, which is very broad in interpretation, they can cut off your, all your money, I guess, financial means. And cooperative law enforcement can come and get you. Industry well, you participation. Know, is it possible no agenda shows a cyber weapon? We are we are definitely a psychological cyber weapon, for sure. Industry participation, the president shall include to the extent practical, practicable, private industry participation in the process established under this subsection. Uh, so there's your fascistic government who is going to have private industry cooperate to thwart you from using or proliferating cyber weapons, which is not really... Defined. Uh, objectives to identify the intelligence, law enforcement, and financial sanctions tools that can and should be used to suppress the trade in cyber tools 
and infrastructure that are or can be used for criminal, terrorist, or military activities while preserving the ability of governments and the private sector to use such tools for legitimate purposes of self-defense. Okay, this is a key clause because this is ex- this is where we all lose. This is like saying, well, torrent, BitTorrent can be used for uh, distributing Linux. That's exactly what this is. And it's not going to work. They will take away all... This is taking away our tools. Tools. Well, now, this uh, this is interesting because if we take it back to Hollywood again, mm-hmm. Hollywood had nothing but agonizing trouble over during the... Na- and they learned a lesson mm-hmm. during the Napster period when part of the argument, I think it was done by Boys, the lawyer, uh, was that if something could be used for... In other words, you have a product that can be used to do illegal downloads. Mm-hmm. But if, there, if there's a single legal use for it, then it must remain in place. And you, in other words, you can't do anything. You can't take it out of the, out of the picture because there's a, a legitimate use, and that's the case with, with BitTorrent and the torrent distribution of shows like ours. Right. So they're after that. They're, yes. They, this yes. is where they're targeting this particular thing, and then I've slipped it in this bill. Mm-hmm. Hollywood literally has slipped, gotten involved with the National Defense uh, Authorization Act. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm with you. This is, this is also a called as same section to establish a statement of principles to control the proliferation of cyber weapons, including principles for controlling the proliferation of cyber weapons that can lead to expanded cooperation and engagement with international partners. It's very... Uh, international part. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they just set up that studio in China. Oh, yes. Well... A giant billion-dollar studio. Anyway, onward. Um, now, uh, in subtitle G... <laughs> Page 486, Miscellaneous Authorities and Limitations. Easily overlooked by any journalist uh, in the mainstream because it's miscellaneous authorities. It can't be much. Yeah, that's the first place I'd look. (laughs) Section 1071, Enhancement of Capacity of the United States Government to Analyze Captured Records. Now, this is very interesting. Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, I knew you'd like it. I knew you'd like it. What? Now, you'll recall the advice from the president's blue ribbon panel, which included all these lawyers. Not really. Um, The recommendation regarding the the NSA uh, metadata program, which, by the way, the secret FISA court has reauthorized. Secret. The secret Gulag court has reauthorized. Um, The recommendation was to, you know, to not have the NSA store this, but have a either the, uh, you know, have a, a separate entity, a private sector entity, um, uh, store all of this for us. Well, this is what solidifies this and takes it 10 steps further. Uh, so there's a new section here in the uh, United States Code for the Conflict Records Research Center. Conflict Records Research Center. The Secretary of Defense may establish a center to be known as the Conflict Records Research Center... And the purposes of the center shall be the following. To establish a digital research database, including transactions, and to facilitate research and analysis of records captured from countries, organizations, and individuals now or once hostile to the United States with rigid adherence to academic freedom and integrity. 
Ooh. <laughs> did, did you just burp? Espionage. Uh, yeah. Well, I have some of the definitions, too. Uh, but first, number two. Consistent with the protection of national security information, personally identifiable information, and intelligence sources and methods to make a significant portion of these records available to researchers as quickly and responsibly as possible, while taking into account the integrity of the academic process and risks to innocents or third parties. Now, the way I read this is they're talking about building a huge database that everything goes into, and and anybody who has the right access can jump in and research records. Yeah. Actual records. That's exactly what it is. Now, this is where you can go over all the billing and financial accounts of Huawei. Okay, now here's where it got a little... I didn't know they had them as a customer. (laughs) Bill, get on this. Get on that. Support from other United States government departments or agencies... Uh, anyone may uh, may help out with this database. And then there's a whole thing here about acceptance of gifts and donations. The Secretary of Defense may accept from any source any gift or donation for purposes of defraying the costs or enhancing the operations of the center. What? <laughs> yeah. The source is... Spe- Wait a minute. Listen. Let's, let's break that down for a well, second. Well, let me give you the details and then I'll break it down. The sources specified in this paragraph are... The government of a state or a political subdivision of a state, the government of a foreign country, a foundation or other charitable organization, including a foundation or charitable organization that is organized or operates under the laws of a foreign country, or any source in the private sector of the United States or a foreign country. They may uh, give gifts of money, of property, of equipment, anything they want to Help out. Funds transferred to are accepted by the Secretary of Defense under this the Secretary is an extortion scheme. Funds transferred to or accepted by the Secretary of Defense under this section shall be credited to appropriations available to the Department of Defense for the center and shall be available for the same purposes and shall be subject to the same conditions and limitations uh, as applied. Now, definitions. The term captured record. Remember, this is the Captured Records Research Center. The term captured record means a document, audio file, video file, or other material captured during combat operations from countries, organizations, or individuals now or once hostile to the United States. The term gift or donation means any gift or donation of funds, material, including research materials, real or personal property or services, including lecture services services and faculty services. Uh, this is the definitive gulag database. And it's kind of like y- you if you contribute to the database, you can get a tax credit. That's the way I'm seeing it. Hey, here's some research materials. Uh, let me put it in there. It's worth about a uh, thousand bucks. I can get a tax credit. It's a gift. I think there's that element. I think there's. I think this is multi-dimensional. Whoever put this together uh, really has something on the ball in terms of um, this sort of. Essentially, this has got to be illegal in more ways than one. First, you redefine everything. You redefine, you know, what is this, what is a war, cyber war. So you're in a cyber war. You can be in a cyber war with everybody. 
And so you can take all their stuff if you can get into their machines through uh, whatever back doors they're available or Windows 8 <laughs> or anything that, you know, has a, access by the government. And according to the PRISM slide, you know, everybody's wide open for that. So we can take all the stuff. And so we do that, and especially all these cloud guys that went to the cloud. You know, that cloud stuff is done. It's over. And then the people that you can't fully define as enemies because you, you're going to get in trouble if you say, well, France is – you can't do it. You can't say France or Great Britain are our enemies. But you can you can request them to donate. Yeah, could you, could you donate your records, please? Can you just, just give us all your stuff yeah. as a donation? And there's no tax write-off for them. For people within the country, for example, there'll be some guys that maybe took the advice of keeping everything in-house and – and the government wants their stuff. So, well, you can't have our stuff. Well, we can get it. You know, we can get it through a, a, one of these letters. One of the other guys. <laughs> the other guys will happily donate. The other guys are, well, there's also the, the, you know, we have these national security letters we can lay on you. Know, we can find some ways. There may be, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There may be national security letter uh, templates that we don't know anything about. Yeah, like the that ones. don't that, ask yeah, for exactly. specific records. It could be like. We want all your financial documents. Yeah. It so we don't any. know that that doesn't exist because the national security letter is secret and the courts can't look at it and no one's done anything about them. The fact that they have they allow them in the first place means they can be abused and they're being abused because there's thousands and thousands. And, and, of the, and the FBI can just write them. They don't even need a judge. Yeah, the FBI just, just write some guy in his office. I got one here. So he's writing them. So, so this could go on. So you can go to a company and say, "We just, just, just give us your." Here's the choice: We're going to give you one of these letters that you might want to look at it just secretly, uh, or you can just give us all your stuff and we'll give you a tax write-off. Yes. Google. Well, we, I don't want to want to give you all our stuff. No, 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 no. All you right, give yeah, us all, all, your, all stuff. your stuff. Can you can you turn down your your your? You're just overmodulating a little on your. Not screaming. Maybe. Uh, oh no, it's okay. Then just back off. Back off, man. Tell me to get an extra fist in there. <laughs> yeah, they had jam your fist in there. So, yeah, no, this is bad. Well, it's... It, but the, the, the fact that it's even getting through so easily, which I think was part of that little commentary by Ellsberg. You know, he says, you know, they respect the American public because they have to lie to them. Yeah. But then the, public, the, the American public just just laughed. A lot of this stuff is just done behind closed doors, just snuck in. Yeah. Our Congress is totally off the wall corrupt. Well, th but this is also a failure, a failure of epic proportion of the, your news media. This is a failure by the New York Times, by the Washington Post, by uh, the Guardian. All the people who are, you know, the the heroes of morality and justice, they're full of crap. They're, just, they're, they're all, all they can do is talk about, should Snowden have uh, amnesty? Which is another thing that's being set up uh, some for some reason, but there was no. And when I say mainstream, of course there there's good reporting. Of course there's and I have a couple of links in the show notes. Of course, people see this and write something about it. Although most of the writing, as is the um, the press release on WhiteHouse.gov, focuses your attention towards Section 1034 and 1035, which is about Guantanamo Bay. And the transfer of prisoners, and of course, you know, the mainstream journalists, maybe because oh, they're so underpaid. Although I don't think they're more underpaid than I am, and they're so, they're so weary from all that they're doing. That oh well, I'll just report on the Guantanamo Bay stuff. I have no time to look at the rest. 
whatever the reason. They're doing you yeah. a disservice. It's a disservice. This is very important stuff. Our audience, our producers understand this stuff. They understand what it means to have a database and what it means to donate something. And particularly if it's donating records and get a tax write-off, which is spelled out explicitly. And you just, oh, just, just make sure you're a nonprofit, you're good to go. I mean, this is, and this is fascism. This is fascism. They should call this the National Fascism Authorization Act. The NFAA. We need a new word. <laughs> there is no new word. Fans, fascism has a bad reputation. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason for the bad reputation. <laughs> it winds up with people getting killed. It doesn't end well. But I guess we can never learn, can we? Oh, no, <laughs> just carry on, same old, same old. So I found this all very disturbing, and, the, and I would think so, especially from your. We, we, I'm glad you found it because we could have gone another year before we knew they pulled the switcheroo on us. This is bait and switch. It is bait and switch. It was uh, again signed, you know, quietly. The president just kind of you know stopped from getting a shaved ice and signed it. Uh, it was passed by the the majority of both houses. Um. And uh, yeah, really only seven nays, I think, nine nays, seven Republican, two Democrats in total. Uh, very, very sad. I'd that, like to know who those were. We should. Uh, uh, I have it. I have it. Uh, maybe yeah, our good that, guys list. That's maybe something more for the uh, uh, for the uh, for the show notes. Let me see. I, I might have it here. Let's see if I can get it quickly. I definitely have the list. It's in. It's in one of the links. Uh, but it's uh, uh, I don't have it here. Uh, but I do have links to the original that I was reading and how that one was just you know quickly, quickly swapped out. There's there's of course no change in the indefinite detention, uh, which people were kind of waiting for. There'll be some conversation about that. But I think the 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 whole topic of um of this of the cyber command. And the weapons of cyber war and the proliferations act of cyber weaponry and the cyber tools. I mean, my God, I can use any machine to wage cyber war. What are you going to do? It's like, well, maybe that maybe that's the whole point. Maybe lock it all down. Give everyone a fucking tablet and an app. Here's your computing experience, slave. Tablet (laughs) and an app (laughs) and a virtual keyboard. Enjoy. Who knows? That's maybe that's the plan. I don't know. Well, they can't. That's a plan that can't be implemented. But there's no. something uh, the the fact that they had to sneak this through as a bait and switch at the dead of night and the, you yeah, know, during of Christmas, of course, is the giveaway as usual yeah. when these things are all you know done because nobody's around. They're all on vacation. Mm-hmm. They still are. In fact, I was thinking the show wasn't going to be this exciting uh, because everyone's gone. There's there's nothing on C-SPAN right. except book TV and, and, and it's, all this. It's funny because. It's funny because I was talking with with Mickey and Miss Mickey. I'm like, you know, maybe next year, maybe that'll be the first year. We just just take off the last two weeks of the year. Nothing happens. All the PR agencies are closed. It's you know, we need a rest sometimes, you know, just to clear out the brain. And then I see this. I'm like, scratch that conversation. No, I think we're better off taking a break like in March or sometime. Yeah, when it looks like it's active. No, no, we should just take a break during elections. Because we know how all that works. It's not, that's uninteresting. We need the back yeah. the back room stuff, the stuff that really happens in the dead of night when everyone's partying. It was very disturbing, very sad. 
Uh, just one more funny thing about this. There's got to be some money to be made, though, don't you think? It's, John, there's t- look, I got an idea, a money-making idea for you. And I, I thought about this long and hard. Um, so, so today the podcast awards are going to be announced. And oh. and Sergeant Fred actually, you know, he's uh, uh, Sergeant Fred is out there in Vegas, and uh, he says, "Can I uh, can I represent the show for the awards?" I said, "You're a producer, of course. You you by definition you you represent the show. You've never uh, met Sergeant Fred, but it's a hoot to have. I've him. never met Sergeant Fred. Imagine a Vietnam veteran decked out with with all his vet stuff. Okay, and and saying Vivo Cristo Rey. That's perfect. No That's agenda. Our guy. Best podcast in the universe. He'll get up in the middle of a room and yell that." <laughs> He's fantastic. I like it. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm liking this exactly guy. the kind of guy you want repping us out there. Now, yeah. uh, but I said to Sergeant Fred, I said, and he was a podcaster himself, by the way. He does he does the fun podcast. I said, um, please have no illusions. We will not win. We don't win awards. That's not how it, we, we're not in that. We're not on on that level of media distribution thinking. We're in a totally different stratosphere. So we're not going to win. Um, it's also this. Our show is something that only a select, the choir understands it. And, you know, other people just will go, "What? Those guys are yeah. nuts!" Now, we, oh, the conspiracy show. Well, I thought. So wait, but by the way, let me just stop you. <laughs> Here's an example. You go through this bill. You read the bill <sighs> yeah. point by point, and say, "This is what it means." Hey, Adam, you're a conspiracy nut. <laughs> I heard that, that tinfoil hat moment about the National Defense uh, uh, Authorization Act. Yeah, that's nuts. That's a conspiracy, conspiracy theory. You don't really think the government's trying to hurt you, do you? How could they keep it quiet? Someone would talk. <laughs> they don't have to talk. It's written down. So you'll agree that when it comes to this form of media, we are kind of the Simon and Garfunkel of podcasting, in all honesty. Who's Simon? <laughs> I was thinking Macklemore and uh, and what's the other guy's name? I don't know. I couldn't come up with anything hip. <laughs> with a Captain and Tennille of podcasting was my first thought. Or unhipped and that go <laughs> yeah. on. And I was and actually you inspired me with something we were talking about. I think it was on the show about uh, the email and attachments and size of attachments. I think here's an idea, and this is an idea. We will win awards. We will change. People, we will change the, the, we can change the world with the following podcast. And we could do it on the side or we could do it as a part of our own show. A podcast just about email. This week in email? <laughs> well, I, I thought this week in email or maybe the email podcast was another brilliant thought I had. <laughs> the email po- Really? But when you think about it, hold on, listen, listen. The, oh, yeah, better, the, you better come up with something good. The topics you can, so servers, the, the perfect spam filters, appropriate use of subject lines, newsletters, how do you uh, get someone to subscribe, unsubscribe, can you send them a new one even though the unsubscribe, see if you can get them in, signatures, uh, PGP, GPG, TLS, attachments. Email is, I realize this, I'm not really kidding about this, email is actually the only true decentralized protocol we have that everybody has access to and we're using it in for only 1% of its capability. And because of this idea that spam has ruined email, which is it's untrue because if you take the time, I've really gotten my email under control from the server end, from the client end. 
there is so much that can be done. Interface, of course, is completely stupid. It's a you know that that kids are growing up now and still have to figure out what a little paperclip is doing. You know th- they don't understand this anymore. What that that's an attachment. And why does an attachment? Why can't it just be in a folder? Why does the interface look like a like it looks? You know it can it can be so much better. This this could be a show that could go on forever. It is mojo. It is foo. It is beautiful. Yeah, well, I have a better idea, which includes your show. How about this? I'll go meta on you. Okay, all right. Here's what we need. We need a Kickstarter Mm -hmm. to develop a new email program for the public at large that covers all the bases of yeah. what, why, everything you bitched about just now and more uh-huh. about what's wrong with email yeah. and what's wrong with Thunderbird and what's wrong with Outlook and what's yeah. wrong with Squirrel Mail and what's wrong with Yahoo Mail and what's wrong with Gmail can be all created as something a better product can be created. And in the process of creating that product, an email podcast would be part of the company. I, I, there you go. Good idea. How much do we think we need? I think well to develop to just get started on an on an e- on a really good email program I think with some good coders and and we and the, <laughs> we need what we really need is some good program designer some guys that can spec well which would include yeah. us you know let me let me stop you there I think yes but I think the kickstarter comes out of the the show because we have no idea but we, we know that it's wrong and we know that the i think the opportunity no one's going to kickstart a podcast no we don't need to kick they'll kickstart software we that don't they know need they to, we don't yeah, we don't need to kickstart the podcast we just do a little segment little jingle someone cuts it out and puts it in a feed bomb podcast done don't have to do anything different we get whatever awards. the case is <laughs> you asked about that i think it would take it probably take a half a million dollars yeah. to do it right uh, I think it can be done for much less, but but I think I, I, my initial thought was two hundred thousand because you could do it on a shoestring. If you think about Dig, was done on twelve hundred bucks. Uh, it's you can find some guys a superstar wants to do it. Yeah, can yeah, I, you can. Really I, but cheap you're, think, you're I, thinking you're thinking part of the company that helps. Your thinking is old fashioned still, and, and I don't mean that as an insult, but it you know the thinking is. Email is just, if you really think about just the protocols of IMAP and SMTP and all these things underneath the hood, what can actually be done with that? Because it's decentralized and no no one owns it. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole big centralized universe of Gmail users, but that doesn't mean that they're stuck with Gmail. They understand the concept. Which, by the way, is the target market. Of course, but but we don't want to recreate a centralized thing we, no, no, no. I don't do think so want, either. We, we do want to be able to... Basically, you want to be able to create social media using email protocols, and you, as an individual, control everything. And part of this came from someone sent me a note and said, John's blocking me. And I guess you have a block list, and you actually have something that is, I think, within Squirrel Mail or on your, your guy's server or whatever. It actually rejects... The email. <laughs> yes, it, it does. It literally rejects the email. I saw the, the SMTP logs, and it says, you know, you're porn. Go away, bad guy. It's literally what the what the, the server says, which is very funny. Uh, so you are in full control of a social network that has all the elements you need. It's just the metaphor of email, of messaging, of mailboxes, and in and that's what's wrong. And that can be fixed. And I think that concept... Once you've f- figured that out, everything else falls into place. You can build this this email client out of bits and pieces in a week 
the first thing that has to be figured out is what is the thinking. Yeah. This is the you're now old fashioned. By, no, like, I'm not old. I'd be being such an optimist about software. <laughs> it only take a week, boss. <laughs> and, and let me ask you an, a very important question before we ever continue with anything, which we probably won't because we never get off our ass. How, what is the proper spelling of email? Well, that depends on the style guide you look at. It could be small e-mail. It can be large e-mail. It can be email, all one word with a small e. And uh, I think technically it should be capital e-mail, but it's it's nobody uses that. Is, is, Most is, there, use... is there no uh, official John C. Dvorak authoritative spelling? I used, uh, uh, I tend to write e, small e dash mail. Mail also small m? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, then I will adhere to that. And no, Some... people, the it, it, RSS is not the, is not the, this, there's no, Reader, the, there was no, everyone jumped on board with Google Reader. Google Reader said, "Oh, you know this RSS thing is annoying. Let's get rid of that." Oh, I know. Let's shut down Google Reader. Don't you understand? I'm just reading chat room. The email is truly the thing everybody has. Everybody gets it, and it's decentralized. So anyway, that'll be my project for 2014, one of the many. And I'll let you know when I'm ready to do that Kickstarter with you. And we will go on to win many awards with this week in email. <laughs> this week in email. This week in email. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Email. I'm Adam Curry. And, uh, John, what kind of email did you receive this week? <laughs> I got two notes today from <laughs> listeners. One of them said, hi, John. Love the show. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, just back to the the, N the NFAA. Uh, section 1072, just as a little a yuck for Adam. Strategic plan for the management of the electromagnetic spectrum, which is new to the document, in which uh, a uh, an inventory of the uses of the electromagnetic spectrum for national security purposes and other purposes will be evaluated, along with an estimate of the need for electromagnetic spectrum and national security and other purposes over each of the periods specified in the subsection. That... I don't see much else than that being about EMPs. No, please. What else is it for? It's about the radio spectrum. No, they want to they that would, grab that, your no, spectrums. They want to grab no, everything. No, that would be not the electromagnetic spectrum. I think that would be a definite yeah, it term. Is. That's the electromagnetic spectrum. They want to grab radio frequencies. I'm not so sure. Yes, yes, yes. They want it because they can do it using send data over them. So this is the, the clamp down on that. They first they want to get the internet, which is over the wire. Then they want to get the wireless stuff. And by the so way, they want to have access. They want to be. They want to own it all. They want to own all methods of communication. So I can't talk to you. Okay. So all right. So if if that is true, then this is a much more important piece uh, because uh, this podcast is also emanated and transmitted through electromagnetic spectrum. Yes, through cable and uh, through that is that is cable pure, would, yeah cable is electromagnetic on the on wire yeah I think electromagnetic radiation might have been more appropriate then but okay uh, I, I'm with you yeah they just want to grab everything because they got to lock it down at some point you know they're, they're, we had Obama and the and the internet kill switch a couple of years ago if you remember yeah and you know and they got everyone was all upset about that and so they had this you know, this is essentially all 
about an. This is the great internet's kill switch in the NDAA. They're going to grab everything. They're going to grab the electromagnetic spe- spectrum, uh, everything over the internet, so the wires. And they just at some point when they say, "Oh my God, the country's running. People are getting irked. They're having food riots. Shut it down." Yeah, that, that by the way, in my book, is not possible. I don't think that. I don't think a, a true kill switch is possible. I think the way things are going, it could eventually be possible. No, nah, it's it's still a lot. That's a lot. It's I just know, it's not, a lot of work. It's always some easy. guy. It reminds me of uh, I don't know. I can play clips out of order, but I'm always reminded of uh, I have a bunch of clips that I want to play uh, about the deep freeze coming up. Hey, don't we? Don't we uh, own? Isn't the the airways? Isn't that to the uh, property of the people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what am I? What am I even thinking? What are you thinking? What are you th- <laughs> I'm so stupid. Sorry. It's of the people. Here in, in Texas, um, uh, it's, it's actually started in Austin. We have a uh, 5 gigahertz mesh network running TCP IP uh, okay. throughout most of Texas. And it's done on old Linksys routers with the WRG, you know, the old uh, firmware, the open source firmware stuff. Okay. You load that up, and you have to be a ham radio operator. You you load that stuff up, you put up your little antenna, boom, you connect. And this thing is also in turn connected to the internet, but you can connect to other guys' uh, uh, hardware. Um, you can then connect your own Wi-Fi devices to your to your router. It's pretty cool. It's 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 uh, yeah. It's the Texas. Have you tried network. it? Does it work? I, I've tried it, but only in experimental sense. So I didn't I didn't have a fixed antenna or anything, but it it works immediately. The minute you, you you put your little antenna in the air, it seeks, it finds, it connects, it meshes, boom, you're done. You get an IP address. It's, it's very sweet. So there's that. There's, you know, there is, now that's just Texas. And it's just a little well, bit. Well, it's also just hams. It's Texas being hostile to the United States is what it is. Well, there's that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. The first thing I do is shut that thing down with a couple of <laughs> hand grenades. Yeah. Well, we have, uh, you know, within the ham community, you have the... Uh, the snitches. We like who will oh, call, who, there's tons of them. Who call the FCC and go, yeah, he didn't ID properly every ten minutes. That's true. He's supposed to do his ID every ten minutes. He didn't do it. That's true. Yeah, I know. It's, it's Nazis. Yeah, I know. There's a bunch of those guys. Well, they enjoy. They they're on all the time. They're sitting there usually. Uh, you know, it's, they're trolls. It's of- it's like a, a chat internet chat room troll. It's what it's the same. It's the same sad personality type. Yeah, it's the same thing. Doing their job. They're the school monitor. Yeah, yeah. Hall monitor. Yeah, with the big keychain. Yeah, that yeah. jingles. Where's when your you hall pass? <laughs> Were you ever a, a hall? Not a hall pass. Were you ever a hall monitor, John? We never had him when I was a kid. Okay. And I wouldn't have been one if I if I had the chance. Give me a break. Now, did you want to go into something about deep freeze? No, actually, we're gonna. I'll let it sit, and we'll do that in a little while when we get to climate gate. Well, let me then thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Also, in the morning, all the ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, all the dames and knights out there. <laughs> okay, for the religious cadence, and in the morning to uh, all of our. Uh, human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com. Good to have you all, you guys all here. Also, thank you to our artists. Uh, I'm just about to check and see if the generator is up. Uh, noagendaartgenerator.com is down. Uh, so we'll have to figure out what we do with art. But our previous art was brought to you by Nick the Rat. 
and we always like to highlight our artists for the work that they do and give them credit. And you can usually find everything at noagendaartgenerator.com. Uh, I guess someone will have to email us directly if they have art for today, because I don't know if this thing is going to come back up before the end of the show. I should call Paul. Yeah, I sent him a note. Okay. Well, he, if he, when he gets up, maybe he'll... <laughs> yeah. We know he's not listening to the show. Yeah. God, God <laughs> Apparently forbid. not. God forbid. Another one of our... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard that stuff before. Uh, so the way we we do this show, and the only way that we can do it is by... Uh, it's kind of like the government in a way. Except you don't get a tax credit for your donation. You get value. Actual value that is incomparable to anything else in the news media sphere. We're so good, we're not allowed to win awards. What happens if we won? It's not gonna, Don't worry, it's not going to happen. It will not happen. I know, but I was just saying hypothetically. If, if we won... Oh, then yeah. immediately we do a whole new imaging package. We close the show. No, and it starts off like, welcome to the award-winning No Agenda <laughs> podcast, number one in its category. Yeah, we take out billboards. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's what we'll do. Have you we'll heard be, the, We'll commercialize. Yeah, then we can totally, then we'll screw the producers. Then we're, go, we're going to take ads. It's going to be great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's going to work. Carbonite. <laughs> uh, no, so instead we have uh, we have a kind of it is funny an upgrade of the traditional Hollywood model. We have uh, producers, producers who provide us with funding, uh, and they receive credit. Unlike Hollywood, you don't get to bang actresses or actors or anything like that, but you do get the credit. They are useful wherever credits can be used, including LinkedIn. Fact that this has helped people get gigs, and it remains on record. A lot of people put it on their uh, signature too on their email. A ton of people do that, and. Uh, you are part of a, a, a ever-growing community uh, who are awakened, enlightened, and will understand you in a moment's notice of you saying ITM. That's all it will take. ITM works every ITM time. ITM worldwide. In fact, like I said, some I guess last year, some of Mimi was at the uh, the um, Costco in Squim, Washington, and somebody behind her said ITM, and then they disappeared. I thought we weren't going to talk about her encounter with Barbara Streisand. Like the, it wasn't was it Barbara Streisand who did that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll Let's thank still. a few people who uh, contributed, became the executive producers, associate executive producers for show 580. Uh, starting with Mark Beckwith, and he's in Fort Worth, Texas. And by the way, everyone in Texas knows that Fort Worth is where all the real money is. True. Most of the rich guys are in Houston, but those are rich guys. But the money, real established Texas money's in Fort Worth. Yeah, that's why they were part of Dallas, and they said, hey, let's go make a rich guy's place over here. Yeah. We'll call yeah, it Fort. Why should we Texas for all Fort Worth. People. No, but listen to the name. Fort. We're protected by the Fort Worth. That's where all the worth is. It's exactly it. How, how much you worth? Um, I don't know. I'm in Fort Worth. Yeah, Fort Worth. And Mark Beckwith is obviously one of these people, because here's his note. John and Adam, thank you for your courage. Mm. Signed, Mark Beckwith. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and he becomes a knight today. Yeah. Instant yeah, knight. Instant I think he was the one that emailed me. He was very concerned about PayPal's VIG. He said, well, oh, but if big, PayPal yeah. takes, you know, 2 or 3%, then how much do I have to send to make my $1,000 knight donation? I said, no, we eat that. Don't worry about it. We, we eat that. That's part of our cost. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and that's... Well, that that was, thoughtful. That's a man of few words. Yes. Thank you, Mark. And you will become, did he have any 
special title he no, wanted. That's, I, I read you the note. Yes, sure, uh, sir, Mark. Okay, good. Fabulous. Thank you so much for your courage, Mark. So David Foley, Archduke of Silicon Valley, uh, came in again to become the sole member of, of the 580 Club with 580. ITM, John and Adam, thank you for your courage in continuing to deliver the best podcast in the universe. Well, you know, we can take out ads in Variety Magazine congratulating ourselves when we win. Oh, listen, that's right. That's cool. Listen to that. Wow. That's... Military. Just a warning. Just a warning. <laughs> just, you know, they're there. Just a little afterburner warning for Curry. Hey, just so you know. <laughs> My God, that was right over the house. Dude, I'm in Austin. Yeah, I can hear it too. Holy moly. Anyways, please send a little No Agenda Karma as we launch our new 4K streaming set-top box at CES this week. He's going to be at CES. Invited me to a, a showing. Are you going? Uh, Fifty dollars of this donation is matching funds from a No Agenda listener. So that means we he sold three boxes using our code. Yeah, which was what was the code? N A. Just N A. Just N A. N A. Are you going? Monitor from 4K. What's the name of the company? You go to 4KSpecial.com. 4KSpecial.com. Are you going to uh, CES? I'm doing everything I can to avoid it. Yeah, so it's got to be tough. Do I want to go to CES? Is what you should ask. Um, ask John, do you want to go to CES? Hell no. Okay. It's a nightmare. Very interesting. Uh, as I was watching a couple of the uh, quote, T-E-C-H, uh, end quote shows, tech shows, tech shows, which consists mainly of jabbering chicks. But yeah. this year. Phones. Yeah, this year, every, and and I'll, I'll be sexist in this case, because I hear it from the chicks mainly. They're all saying the same thing. Yeah, see, yeah, it's going to be such a drag. Be, I'll have tired feet and walking for hours, and, and oh, there's going to be 500 products. I really only want to write about four or five. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and these are women who sound like that. Wow. You watch. You you watch. This is women, the, the tech girl, women, chick thing, bitches community are bitching. And they're saying the same thing, and it's, it's um, disheartening. It's like, I, if, if, go find some, go, don't just go and have the PR thing in your hand and go to all the canned demos. Find out, do some news research, do some reporting. There's a lot of cool stuff if you go into the back I'm rooms, sure go to the little things. Uh, I don't know about you and your back rooms, but do some real reporting. It sounds like everyone is so jaded. Oh, they have to go to CES. Oh, it's so annoying. The traffic really sucks. That's oh, so bad. I don't want that. My feet will be so tired. <laughs> There's everyone's. All these women are angling for a foot rub. Let's face it. Uh, well, no, there's something. Else. I would go to CES just to rub all their feet. I bet you would. Anyway, uh, let's give uh, our Archduke Sir David Foley some karma for his uh, support of the show. You've got karma. And may you have many of these tech chickies show up and write nice things about your product, Sir David. So I came up with the, you know, if I was doing a... a, a editing a magazine it, it was tech and it's uh, you're right the women are taking over the whole thing because they like to the, the, all play games they all think they're nerds and it, i think you want to you want to see where this is going to end up and <laughs> how it would end up and what would really draw the crowd and what people would read naked chicks reviewing phones now here's the headline britney spears reviews three <laughs> phones taylor swift about your next ipad exactly this is a good idea by the way <laughs> you Telling me? Beyonce, beyond email. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I'm liking that, this. 
<laughs> that would rock. This is a good idea. Wow, yeah. We're crazy. I know. The Beebs shows you how to tweet. Yeah, no, that would that you could might you might as well if you're writing about tech and this and that that what I just described and what yeah, Adam yeah. followed up with yeah. began to happen, yeah. you're done. What this is what happened with Twitter? I predicted that when Twitter first came up, I was actually top ten tw- with followers. I had like nine thousand. It wasn't that many, but at the time, I and I always said once Britney Spears and the rest of these people start tweeting, you're done. You're not going to be in the top one thousand. Right. You're right, over. Right, right, right. Kim yeah. Kim K on best camcorders for your sex tape. This I'd a, read that. Yeah, I'd read it too. This is a we'd gr- all read it. That's the problem. <laughs> this is a great idea, John. We're rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's thank our producers instead. John Sextro in St. Peter's, Missouri, three thirty three thirty three. Here's a link from an audio recording. Uh, introduced requested clips from the show. I'd love it if you decide to use my recording, which I don't. Did you get? I don't know. Well, you no, have to... because. Oh, no, I, I, I never saw this. I have no. Uh, oh, okay. I, I can... well, well, maybe we'll, we'll take a look at it for next show. Hmm. Uh, in the morning, thanks for your courage. How fond you are of Bitcoin. I know how fond you are of Bitcoins, but I recently made a bunch of money through speculation on said Bitcoins by using Adam's analysis of the price going to $1,000 per Bitcoin. Therefore, I compelled to make another donation toward my knighthood. I would like to reserve the title Baron of the Darknet. Also, I wanted to tell you that I recently hit my friend Kevin in the mouth with the show. Kevin's an entrepreneur, and he is out there trying to create jobs with giftcarddrainer.com. This may come in. That's actually not a bad idea. What is that? This, well, I think it, what it does, it's it's the, the, giftcarddrainer.com, I'm going to read this, is the quickest and easiest way to drain the balance from Visa and MasterCard gift cards oh. directly to the bank account. Dear Adam and John, oh. in the morning to you and thank I have the thing if you want to hear it. I will listen to it after and okay. then decide. All right. Uh, Adam, you'd also like to get the money in your favorite cryptocurrency, Bitcoins. Now that Kevin's been listening for a few weeks, he's planning to make a donation on his own, so hopefully he'll skip boner status and go right to donor. Thanks, and keep up the great work. You know, gift cards are the biggest scam in the world. Yeah, because most people forget about them. And that's the idea. You forget the card, and it expires, which is illegal in California, by the way. They pass a law that can never expire. Oh, really? We got a number of those on the first Hot Pockets tour and a couple on the second. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I mean, we, Mickey is really good about this stuff. I have to say, she's like, we're getting gas. Okay. I'm going to do that. And, and of course with these cards, this first, they're also programmed to fail kind of you, you, so we had like a hundred buck visa card and uh, okay, let's go use it to get some gas and you swipe the card and it wouldn't work. You know, then it would have to go in and see the guy or whatever. And so it's discouraging. Yeah, no, they're a scam. Now this, I, this gift card drainer. If I somebody gave me a gift card, go uh, not that I have used it or I, that I know it works, but just the idea, I would dump the card immediately. Just pull it out and say, "Give me the money." Unfortunately, you're probably going to lose some percentage. Yeah. You, you, it's like those coin sorters that they have in stores. You remember, I I told you we got the the flexible spending account for pre tax dollars that you can spend on doctors and stuff. Yeah, and it's a, a whopping two and a half thousand dollars a year. A whopping, I'll say. So Mickey has all these doctors that the insurance doesn't cover for her, you know, for her. Uh, she's a, thyroid. A thyroid, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's, no, it's the brains, man. It's, <laughs> we're trying to fix the brains. Um, and uh, and so she goes to, the, to her favorite doctor, and it's, you know, and, and she's, oh, I've got the cre- the card, and declined. First try, time she tries to use it, declined. You know, then you have to call these assholes. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I'm off topic. I'm just angry. Okay. Well, it sounds reasonable to be angry. Sir Bill Bauman in Port Port Wainimi, California, three hundred dollars. Uh, good job on the Apple Bomb business. My major comment is that Apple Bomb seems to be worried, by, which was on the last show for people who haven't heard show five seventy nine. It's quite interesting. My major comment is that Apple Bomb seems to be worried about what I would call being routine software development for the iPhone. The instructions to turn on GPS, microphones, and other surveillance capabilities available by any at any WWDC conference, as well as the developer forums all over the internet. So what's the big deal? Many websites and applications use these capabilities. Also, the Russians, Chinese, and even the Germans can get this information routinely. Obviously, all the major professional intelligence services already have this ability. The NSA is not alone in having major information technology capability. Ever since keyloggers and carnivore, year 2000 or earlier, our personal privacy has been compromised. Personally, I do not see a real solution to this privacy invasion. Don't forget Android and Windows phones, friends. They have developer conferences and development forums as well. Please send out some general karma to everyone because we can all use it. Sir Bill brings up some excellent points. If you go to the Apple Store and speak to a genius, um, they will uh, they essentially connect with their you know their little iPads or whatever right into your phone through Wi-Fi. I think they activate something on the phone, but yeah, this is it's like I got so many emails from people about that. The majority, I will say, like thank you for exposing this douchebag. Apparently, you also used the word the word vector in one of the speech. I you, neither you or I caught it. But apparently, in one of those clips we played, he was talking about some vector, which is always, you know, a, a big whoops. It turns out the guy didn't even program, really, t- in Tor. He's the evangelist. Did you know this? He's not the developer. Yeah. No, the uh, developer is some... I heard the developer speaks once in a while. I can't remember but his they have, name. They have a pretty big team that is funded, of course, by the, mainly the government and, and the government yeah. stooges like Google. Uh, but he's just he's a uh, he's the evangelist. Anyway, um, like a lot of people get very get very focused on this kind of thing because it is interesting. And you know, you have a device like this, so you want to see if the if the compromise is real. And yeah, all of this this is this is I agree, this is no big secret. But it's also not the bulk of what's taking place. It just isn't. You know, they can also come in, put a gun to my head, and take everything. This this is just as possible. Or send a drone and blow me up and then say it was a gas explosion. All of that can happen. But the true dragnet is what's being obfuscated. Anyway, let's get the general purpose carpet, everybody. Yeah, everyone can use it, Sir Bill. You've got You're absolutely right. Thank you. Sorrell family in Amarillo, Texas. $205. I got a note from them. From the... Is it the Sorrell family? Well, I mean, it's I couldn't figure out who it came from because the note says from Steph, Stephen or Stephen, Jennifer, Dalton, and and Dean. I guess is it Dean's? Yeah, and Dean Sorrell. It's so not it's, Sir yeah. Sir Martin Sorrell. No, there's no, no not that I know of. Isn't he the WPP guy? I don't know. Okay, no. All right. Here, let me just read. Yeah, my wife and I have been listening to your you for years. Love the show. Love it when. Uh, by the way, this is written in, in a scrawl, so it's going to take me a second. Love it when Curry travels. I can see how the ad-free model is the way to go compared to Leo's slow corruption. <laughs> I didn't mean to read that. I'm sorry. <laughs> More notes like this, people. Cursive. That's very also, funny. <laughs> Curry is such, is, is such more happier. He's much happier, much happier than when he was working for someone else. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. 
Last year at this time, we asked for uh, karma for a little guy on the Christmas on the Christmas card. We are in our mid late thirties, and he was our third pregnancy. His name is Dean Sorrell, oh. and he's now four months old and very healthy. Karma works. Hey, did we save Thanks. another human being's life? Thanks for all, <laughs> all the work you guys do. Give yourselves a karma from us. Merry Christmas. Aw, thank you, Sorrell family. We're so happy for the little guy. That's great. Karma for you right back at you. You've got karma. Very kind. And thank you for the support. Amarillo. Thank you for the support. You are right. I'm I'm so much happier now that I don't work for somebody else. Yeah, it's it's a a lifestyle choice. (laughs) Lifestyle choice. It's a depression. We're in the middle of a depression. It's a lifestyle. We're not getting any income at all. It's a lifestyle choice. (laughs) About poverty. You can always find work. Oh, really? How many times have I tried to find actual work, like auditions? What am I going to do? What kind of work can I do? Voiceover. No, I've received zero gigs ever. Thank well, you. No, no, it's all right. You can stop because there is no other work for me. I don't know what to do. Uh, no, don't well, even you're try. stuck then. Yes. Life- Except we got the email project coming. Lifestyle choice. Yes, the email, email project. Email project. Sean Connolly in Naperville, Illinois, $201.40. This donation of 201.4 is a thank you for your continued courage. Please give a com- karma shout out to all the listeners. Both. This is a lot of uh, – this is the giving season. People are giving their karma away. I like that. Both producers as well as douchebags. Mm, wow. I think we're all going to need it in 2014. Sir Sean, I think you're on the right track there, and you are correct, sir. You've got karma. Thank you. Everyone will need some of that. I agree. Don Stein – or David Steiner, I'm sorry, in Vienna, Austria, $200. Vienna – Shout out to Freddie the Firewall and don't get backdoored like Cisco did. Keep up the good work. Please send karma to everybody who is currently unemployed. There you go. Okay. I was going to do this. Uh... Blocking ports and scanning files. He's your best friend. Chinese attacks are just no match for Freddie. No agenda. You've got karma. There you go. And finally, Michael DeCock. De in Chandler, Arizona, $200. Uh, dear John and Adam, thank you for your courage. After six months of getting hooked on the No Agenda show, I figured it was high time for a de-douching you and to, uh, stop uh, being a boner. I'll give him a de-douching. You've been de-douched. You got it. De-douched you are. Uh, John, if you're reading this, you can ask Adam to pronounce my name cor- properly. And if he ever uh, complains about being mocked about his name as a child, just imagine the amount of ripping <laughs> I get. D e c o c k is his name. The cock. Uh, yeah, the cock. Yeah, it's not that bad. Huh. Uh, I'd like to imagine uh, make this donation on behalf of MusicGourmets.com, a little forum I started a few years ago. It's a user-supported community where we talk about music, food, politics, and anything else under the sun. I'd like to extend an open invitation to any No Agenda listeners to come in and join us for a random banter. I think MusicGourmets.com as a free speech zone where everyone is welcome, especially the crackpots and the douchebags. I <laughs> deeply appreciate the value you offer and the support and the effort you put into every episode. Thanks again and keep up the good work. Yeah, oh, we have very much, his permission to use his name, That's the right. cock. The cock. Okay. Welcome to the best cock in the universe. 
And that'll be it for uh, show 580. A lot of banter, uh, some donations that were all valuable. We want to thank all these people. And we have some more to thank halfway through the show. I want to remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com, and also noagendanation.com. Both those sites have a button you can push and you'd get right to the donation backup sites and i'd like to add to that our show is so awesome that the no agenda art generator.com is back up and running that's ah, isn't that cool nice. isn't that cool it just it shows it proves to you the model works dvorak.org slash n a and you can always try and do very one very important thing go out and propagate our formula our formula is this we go out we hit people in the mouth Nice, nice, nice. Thank you very much, uh, Sir Paul, if you did that or, or it came up by itself. It's funny, just before the show started, we were talking about this, how part of our model is we don't essentially run anything. We, we don't run any infrastructure. We can't afford to. We can't, we can't afford to have people to run it. And so these are other donations of another kind when someone sets up a server that maintains all of our art submissions and the artwork and... You know, so it's, it's, things go down. That happens. Now, if, if we had been running it, it would not be up right now. Because, you know, we have to either I'd have to go in and figure it out or have to f- call somebody. And, uh, and now th- in this system, it still went down, but it came back up magically. No one had to do anything. It's great. We are so well, far somebody ahead. somebody had to do something, but it wasn't. Yeah, but we are so far ahead of anyone else in media. One day we're going to be dead and people are going to say, you know, those guys were onto something. Yeah, but too bad now because we're in a fascist state and we're in a gulag. <laughs> if only I had helped them sooner. <laughs> so I went to a Taco Bell. Wow. Yeah, once in a while I get this. Uh, this Jeez, uh, I've not been in a long time. Need for one of those bur- bean burritos, which is essentially flowers and flour burrito and beans, which I used to have when I was a kid because there's a uh, Mexican family down the street from me, so I've always liked that combination. But I noticed something curious, which I think is interesting. I'm going to probably tweak this. All the packages of the little uh, hot sauces have messages on them now. Oh, like little slogans? No, no, they're crazy messages. Like, like I got, I, I grabbed three of them just for the show. One of them said, it says the it's right in the salsa package. It says, why say no when you can say yes? These are all sexually suggestive. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, this is, no, this is for stoners. And here's another one. Ready? Yeah. You have chosen wisely. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the one that I think is going to get people in trouble. Hey, honey, can I have the uh, some hot sauce? Yeah, here, sweetie. And it says on the hot sauce, will you marry me? <laughs> uh, yes, I'd love to. Is the ring in the taco? <laughs> wow. wow, how romantic. I, mean, I, I saw this. I said, holy crap. How many people are getting their proposal from a, from a well, hot sauce now, package? Hold on, hold on. I know how the meeting went. Um. Okay, I had a I had an idea for our client Taco Bell, and the idea was that if we put all these crazy slogans on packages, and we'll put some cool ones in there, like uh, "Will you marry me?" Like I'm sure someone at some point will see this and go, "Oh crap!" I'll just like propose now, and then we'll have great free PR. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how some of that went. I I absolutely you I think you nailed it. 
That's the only possibility. There's no other reason, yeah. Because at some point, somebody's going to get married because of the Taco Bell hot sauce package. Yep. And it's going to get on TV and it probably book. proliferate on the, you know, actually, they'll probably produce it themselves. Duh. Oh, hold on a second. Is this is this on? Make sure, <laughs> okay. Are you John? Sorry. You're right. What else would we do? We have video <laughs> press the, release. Put it in the book. Old, old. Put it in the book. Just put it in the book. It might as well put it in the book. Okay. Because we didn't hot, put the kid. Hot sauce wedding. We, we didn't put the kid with the weed cookie in the, in, in the book. And now look where it got us. We don't get a check mark in the book. That's yeah, true. We Come on, it's check. so easy. I mean, we do the tough ones. We should take the the ease, the low hanging fruit from time to time. Yeah, that's definitely low hanging fruit <laughs> with these taco sauce, these taco sauce packages. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so I was kind of focused on, uh, you know, of course, once I had the NDAA thing, I'm like, you know, holy crap. I got to go through the Federal Register and see what else happened. And oh, yeah, of course, something else happened. The Obama administration announced two new executive actions affecting background checks for gun buyers today. Both focus on limiting firearm access for people with mental health issues. One rule lets hospitals submit additional information about a patient's mental health into the background check system. President Obama proposed tough gun control measures in Congress last year in the wake of the Newtown School shootings, but they got little support. Now, of course, you're going to hear little reporting about this. This was PBS. Uh, and the rules aren't really available. I haven't really been able... This is a health and human services regulation. Can't, you can't... This is illegal is the reason that... <laughs> yes, it is illegal. Uh, there's, a, there's a thing called HIPAA, which now essentially through executive... Well, they're calling it executive action... And then some will say executive order. It is not. I've not seen an executive order. Executive action is a different phrase. I don't know if it's different legally, technically. Um, but now a hospital, if you have, for instance, if you feel a little wigged out, and you're like, oh, you know, I just don't, I whatever, my job, I lost my job. You know, my my dog got run over. My wife hated, ran away. My with with the gardener. My kids hate me. I, I'm I'm freaking out. I just got. I, I just I I need to go. I need to be somewhere. You can check yourself in to a hospital or whatever, and you know, and that, that your insurance would even cover it. Like I'm just freaking out. I just need. I need. I'm freaking out. When you check out, the hospital can now legally. Submit that as uh, as a visit in a mental institution. That's what I'm reading from the fact sheet, and they can add that into no, the isn't database. No, is that proposed though? That's not actually a law. No, it's no, it's not law. It's now by executive action. It's done. I, I still don't believe that that's legal. What do you mean? It's an exe- the executive. The president can do whatever he wants. You say, you yourself say this all the time. They're so restricted on what you can say about your hospital visit and the and the pri- client, just you know, like being a t- client attorney thing, only with doctors. That I don't believe that you can just take a piece of information and pull it from your your medical record, which is what this is, and then give it to the government. Um. Uh, let me read you from the fact sheet. Uh, and of course, we're talking about HIPAA, the Health Insurance and Portability Accountability Act, which has privacy provisions. But in April, and I think we identified this, Health and Human Services started to identify the scope and extent of the reporting problem. But based on public comments, now has a rule change to eliminate the barrier 
by giving certain HIPAA-covered entities. So that, okay, here's what they've done. Certain entities, so it would be the hospital, but maybe not the doctor specifically, an express permission to submit to the background check system the limited information necessary to help keep guns out of potentially dangerous hands. Now, it doesn't matter whether you think it's legal or not. Uh, It's not being reported on, and it is the war on crazy that we said this always was going to be. And today, the hospital submits something so you can't get your hands on a gun, and this background system check will then be used for a whole bunch of other things. You should probably shouldn't go to the public pool. Because, you know, there's kids there, and, you know, you, you remember that time you checked in. This is how it's, and then you'll get a nice yellow star and a number on your arm. This is how it always ends. Unless someone stands up and says, stop this crap. And the next president, she will have to undo this. Well, she's not going to do anything. (laughs) Somehow pad her bank account. (laughs) Shit. Well, we can still have hope. There's, there's young people who listen to this show, John, we can still tell people what they need to do. It's not- Nobody who listens to this show is a Clinton bot. No, but people people have influence. People can vote. They can talk to their friends and their family. It's a long process. These things don't change overnight, but at, yeah, least, right. at least we're saying it. I think you're missing the big news, which I thought was kind of funny. Bezos clip. Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos is recovering from kidney stones and is praising the international effort that rescued him. Bezos was on a cruise around the Galapagos Islands on New Year's Day when he became ill. The Ecuadorian Navy took him by helicopter to Baltra Island, and then a private plane took him back to the U.S. for emergency surgery. Amazon says Bezos emailed his company today giving the Navy five stars and the kidney stone zero stars ho, ho, ho. this is what you get when you don't print when we want in the post bezos you know uh, bezos is it, it, drink more wa- drink water that's what you know i had a kidney stone once oh I, i've seen someone in the bathroom who who had a kidney stone it's not pretty oh god well it happened at night uh it moved it moved i didn't have a problem with it like apparently he had a big rock in there or something i don't know i mean they're very minuscule there's dinky uh, although I never saw it, but it got out of there on its own. You passed but, it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thank God. It was probably the most painful thing you can't even imagine. You know what? I don't know. I've never been stabbed with a knife, but I assume that if you were stabbed in the kidney with a knife, that's kind of what it would feel like. Right. And curiously, for some reason, I had the I had the inner knowledge that it was a kidney stone and it was moving. Did the and did, did the uh, Navy... so I, I managed to get through it, but I was like white as a ghost, and it was like you sweat and you get a quick fever and it goes away instantly, and then yeah. you then you're fine, yeah. just instantly. It's the weirdest thing you've ever had, but I, but it was from I got I was coming back from China. Wait, did the Chinese Navy come to save you? No, nobody oh. saved me. I was at home, oh. but with, I knew what it was. I wasn't drinking enough water when I was traveling. Right. You got to drink water, people. This is the, I have a travel tip every few shows. Drink more water when you're traveling. Travel tip. Travel well, tip number okay. 10. Okay, if you think that was the big news. I mean, Bezos, I call him Bezos. I don't know if it's Bezos, but I call him And by Bezos. the way, Bezos or Bezos, whatever he wants to call himself. Yes. How are the other people, they take him to Ecuador and then he takes a pli- private jet home. <laughs> by the way, he must have been in agony for a number of hours. Yeah. But who can afford this? 
Oh, and he, private jet? What? How about the Navy? The Navy came to pick yeah, him up. Yeah, the Navy. I wonder <laughs> if they comped him. <laughs> hey, man, uh, can we get some Amazon uh, Prime accounts? Uh, you thought that was big, you know, Bezos, Bezos? He's dumb. He didn't even get anything out of the deal. At least Gates got some free PR, or maybe that was the whole point. Former Defense Secretary Robert Gates is in a neck brace after he fell at his home in western Washington yesterday. His office staff says he was hospitalized overnight in Seattle because he fractured one of his vertebrae. Gates is due to release his memoir called Duty on January 14th. His staff says he's determined to go ahead with a heavy schedule of personal appearances. Gates was Secretary of Defense under Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama before retiring in 2011. So, uh, real or, or fake? Well, it could have been somebody pushing him down the stairs or... <laughs> well, hey, we need some heat on this book, man. It's like, how are we going to... No, no one cares. No one even knows about Gates anymore. They'll think I it's, never knew about this they book. They think it's Bill Gates' brother. But what are we going to do? Yeah, he lives in Seattle. Push the fucker down the stairs. <laughs> well, we've got a report here. His book is on the way, and he's got a crushed vertebrae, but he's a trooper. That's right, he is. He's going to come out and still promote that book. Wow, you're so awesome. Book, I, you know, now as you mentioned, I never knew about this book at all. It's going to be a total dog. Yeah, well, at least they're trying. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good try. <laughs> he took one for the gipper. Took one for the team. <laughs> oh, I think that's good. I think that, that's outstanding. Outstanding, I say. So I do have some Climate Gate stuff if we want to just quit run through it. Yeah, uh, dear, well, we can actually do that. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gate. I have, uh, I have some stuff, too. Uh, but one I'm... for one. So, oops. <laughs> There's a, you know, that we, we on the show, I think we've decided, at least I have, and I think you may be in this with me. We have decided that the, there is global uh, change, uh, t- climate change, and it's cooling. We yes. are in, yes. we're at the beginning of an ice age. Yes, and that's because it will kill off a lot of people, and it will benefit the elites. Well, hold on. It's, it, not by telling them to buy speedos, it'll kill them off because people should be learning how to skin deer and and skin bears. And yes. uh, and it's also part of the anti-fur movement, by the way. That's also to kill you, so you you're not warm when the when the ice age hits. Well, in fact, it reminds me of this clip, which is the icebreaker clip, which you may have too, mm-hmm. which is uh, which will play. Uh, you, and you'd like to call them the rich kids from Instagram, but did you know that they were going to the Antarctic to study global warming? Yes, but I have some. Well, I'll, I'll play the clip, and I have a little. Play my uh, clip, and then you I have some yeah. additional info. The U.S. Coast Guard is sending an icebreaker to help two stranded ships in Antarctica. The Polar Star is moving from Sydney to the south on request from Australia, Russia, and China. It will help break a path in the ice for the ships to leave. The Russian ship got stuck on Christmas Eve. This week, the Chinese ship received airlifted passengers successfully, but then it, too, became stuck in the ice. Okay. So the guy... um who led this expedition, Chris Turney, wrote an op-ed in The Guardian. Uh, I don't need to read the whole thing to you, but I can give you the uh, headline. Antarctic expedition, quote, This wasn't a tourist trip. It was all about science, and it was worth it. Uh, And and then the follow-up is, Research trip ship trapped in Antarctic ice because of weather, not climate change, which is even more hilarious. 
because of course the the global warmists all say that well yes now weather is climate but when the ship gets stuck in the ice it's it's weather is not climate anyway so i found the details of this trip the scientific exploration of the unknown region and there's a beautiful pdf uh the spirit of mawson uh this is this was essentially a rich this is why they all look like they were drunk and happy because they were drunk and happy this was a rich people's trip um very much like rich people who have just a lot of expendable cash uh will buy a trip uh on uh you know Branson's spaceship which may never happen but you know you get to drink with each other you get jackets you get to go train on the vomit comet you know your z- zero g training you go to exotic places let me uh, tell you about this trip, uh, this this expedition, this climate science expedition, and it's, I have a, I have the sales material here. Um, our ship, the Shabaka Bakaybeeks, is a true expedition vessel built in 1984 for polar and oceano- oceano- oceanographic research. She is fully ice strengthened. This class of vessel is world renowned for polar exploration. A range of berths are available. In fact, we can have 20 we have 26 berths available for this trip. So there were 26 berths available on this trip. Um the mini suite for $18,900 per person. Cabins include a separate bedroom and a double bed and a single bed or sofa in lounge, writing desk, wardrobe and drawers, private bathroom and shower, toilet and wash basin, large side-facing windows to allow great views. Of course, you could have gone for the Superior Plus, which is a little cheaper, 17500 per person. That has two lower berths, so not a big bed so you can have sex on while you're in the ice. And then, of course, there was the Superior, only 16900 per person. And this includes a one bunk, one upper, one lower, also with writing desk, wardrobe, drawers, private bathroom and shower, toilet and wash basin. This was a cruise. And they gave uh, lectures and talks on board, uh, little climate lectures. This is for people who have too much money, who want to go on a little adventure. Some go to Kilimanjaro. You know, some pay rich guys with so-called spacecrafts. And some uh, team up with these guys. And by the way, it's perfectly valid. Nothing against it. It's called, you know, exciting tourism, whatever it is. Uh, And it's this is exactly what the global warming climate change scam is all about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. It's a scam. I mean I mean a scam, not really a scam, but you know, it's like It's not a scam, it's just uh, an expensive uh, thing for rich guys. Trip, yeah. 18 so if 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 you and yeah, I decide that, you get you and your wife it'd be $36,000 <laughs> yeah. and that does not include it does include a full catering. I'll see here the prices. Oh, I got to zoom in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, what do you get for that money? I got to zoom in a little bit. The- I'll tell you, there's a little the prices quoted above include all onboard ship accommodation and full catering, but does not include laundry, drinks. Oh. Hello. Oh, drinks. there's the big money. Those guys. <laughs> hey, open open a magnum. Yeah, no, if you gave drinks away to these drunks, <laughs> yeah, you'd have nothing. You'd be go broke on the deal. Yeah. It also does not include international or domestic I'll flights. I bet you their hotel price drinks, too. Of course. You want a bottle of Moe? Yeah, that's $70. If that, yeah, it might more. be higher. It might be more. Uh, does not include visas or personal travel insurance, and you know, and particularly for this guy to the and for the the Guardian, the Guardian, you're so sad that you let this guy write an article, an op-ed saying it wasn't a tourist trip. 
Let me see. I actually, I read the last bit of it here. Um, Morale remained high. The media interest helped. Twice daily briefings on the situation were accompanied by reports from the media at home and overseas. Interviews the team gave provided a chance to reassure those at home that all were well. Of course, they're their meal ticket. The rich assholes were on the boat. Don't kill them. Or maybe. Uh, it's on the time of day. But they also described our science work, much of which was followed up online using the Expedition website and social media such as Google+, Twitter, Vine, and Facebook. In spite of the situation we found ourselves in, the AAE had a conversation with the public about science, exploration, and Mawson. There really does remain a passion for these subjects. Sadly, though, there seems to be a few people who have just caught the last few days of the conversation. That would be us. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely us. <laughs> that would be us. That would be us. Uh, yeah, so essentially, uh, they, uh, he, he even says that they, we, um, they continued to um, give talks and lectures on board. Because you know, it's what you do. My uncle, uh, he took a trip. He was like, it was like the ambassador's meeting or something. Um, it's a State Department organized thing, and they get a whole bunch of ambassadors and friends, of course, and lobbyists and God knows what else. And they, they get a beautiful-ass boat, a beautiful private luxury yacht, but a big one that looks like a mini cruiser. And they go around Spain, and there's, there's entertainment, and there's networking, and then you know, my uncle had to pay a dime. That's how it works. In this case, you know, the, the punters themselves paid for it. Yeah, well, that's what these things are. Yeah. So let let's just you know let's not let's not lie about it, and yeah. and, and you know and it's a it's a good idea. And yeah, they're, go down, the guy, they're promoting it. Yeah, they're going to go down see if they can find the old huts. You know, it's exciting. You know, it's, <laughs> it is. It's like we're going to and they, they got their money. Who paid for getting the chopper to take them out of there? They got to get a big bill oh, so, at the end of the day. Yeah. Or, or it took, uh, I guess maybe travelers insurance would cover that. Or or. Hey, uh, Mr. Curry and Dvorak, yeah. Um, so, a little unexpected thing here. We're caught in the ice, but, you know, for an extra 10000 we can chopper you off. Or you can wait it out. Yeah, that's how I'd do it. Yeah, that's probably right. This is like the Linux cruise. It's the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's just for rich people. That's fine. There's this guy in Holland. He has, He also now has a, a one of these space rocket scams, and he set it up on Cura, Curacao where there is a sport space port or whatever. And you know, you hire one of the guys who's been in the in this in the in the Skylab or the space station or some, you know, one of the astronauts whose name you never know. You know, oh yeah, he was on mission 29 and he's your guy and you let him do some speeches and you charge everyone 50,000 and they get a spot on the rocket ship when it's ready. And you give everybody jackets that says, "My other car is a rocket ship." I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> This is this is really this is true, and then everyone gets the good. My they, other cars are right. Yeah, I, know, I can see people. It's sad. And so douchebaggish. Yes, and people wear it like ooh, yeah. And then they. Yeah, try- well, this is what it's come to. This is why we haven't had a full economic collapse because this sort of thing would be out. But it's, it's all depression stuff. Everything you're telling me is just all earmarks of you know the the decadence on the with the people with the money and everyone else starving to death. And, of course, then there's the deep freeze. Now let's play a couple of these clips so I get them out of the way. Deep, just start with, this is our thesis about global cooling. Play deep freeze USA. 
Dire warnings about a deep freeze expected to hit the Midwest, New England, and even the South. Some meteorologists say parts of the country could see near-record or record-breaking lows. The forecasts are so alarming that an entire state has said there will be no school on Monday. Make sure that cup gets nice and hot. A cup of boiling water. Throw it at me. A frigid northern Canada night. That's how cold it is in Canada. And more cold on its way. It's called the polar vortex. In a model, it's a rainbow swirl of neon purples and blues and greens. But on the ground, it's punishing and dangerous cold air from the Arctic. This after snow in the northeast in some places up to two feet. At least 16 people were killed, many in car crashes, three others from exposure to the extreme cold. The National Weather Service says come tomorrow night, parts of Minnesota could see a temperature dip to a mind-boggling 55 below. Flesh can freeze in minutes at 35 below. So schools will be closed Monday throughout the entire state. This is the kind of weather where in five minutes, ten minutes, kids can get significant frostbite. And the governor and I wanted to ensure that all kids are safe. I love that swirl thingy. That sounded hot. You know, it it seems to me that this is much more, the taking the side of global cooling and a new ice age is much more fun. Yeah, you die a lot quicker. It's it's just more interesting. (laughs) And of course then, don't you think? Well, I'm I'm just waiting any day now. I'm waiting for it to flip. And and you know what? People will go along. This this is this is so idiotic. Okay, put, you can put this in the book. Within the next 5 years, some this will flip and it will all be about of course the global warming created the global, the global cooling and that's why we're in the mini ice age. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, John, I mean you can see I it happening. Do a bit on that one of yeah. these days. You can see it happening and and everyone will be all on board and the next IPCC report will be oh, we're all going to die from frostbite because of the global warming and people will go, yeah, that makes sense. They they will. No, they will. They'll say whatever they're told, they'll do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, of course, and I was going to bring this up earlier, they had to have a little piece because it's going to be freezing in Alabama, too, apparently. Mm -hmm. So like all good news reporters and all good news and all good packages, and this came out of a package, obviously, because you're not going to send somebody from Oakland to, you know, some hick town in Alabama to ask somebody what they're going to do. Hey, 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 easy on Alabama. It's not a hick town. Well, no, I'm just saying this is a hick town that they went to. Oh. And and because when you're going to do any of these stories, you got to find the dumbest guy you can because we have to, to meet in the South. Please. They do it in Texas all the time. Could, when you, if, they, oh, yeah. if there's a California story about a Texas, you find a toothless guy somewhere roaming around and you interview him. <laughs> yeah. So here is the interview. He, he hates them it, homosexuals and them black people. So you find somebody in Alabama, and they found some some woman who lives in a in a shack, and all she has is kindling wood. <laughs> kindling and wood. And here she is. The cold is expected to reach into the deep south, all the way to Jasper, Alabama, and Tawana Blaze's house. We heat with wood, and that's about how we heat with this wood and kindling to keep warm. <laughs> You know, you guys in California should be shot for that. That's really offensive. That's, we hate with wood. That's all we got, kindling. We might have to. If, it, if the kindling runs out, we're done. We're I might, done. I might, I might have to. Last year in the, in the cold day. Might have to break the wooden tires off my kid's bicycle when we use that as kindling wood. And might have to take my, my wooden leg off. You know, the one I got, the wooden leg might have to. It might burn pretty for a little while. We at least have some kindling for the cold night. Now, what they're doing now, now here's, here's what you'll see over the next few days, because, of course, uh, it is summer in Australia. 
and uh, because of uh, urbanization uh, and the way um, you know natural burning no longer occurs, and we have proof of this, and the fact that the military started the fires that are that were raging down there, uh, they're going to say, well. No, no, this is all extremes. We have minus 56 in Manitoba, but in Australia, in the outback, it's, you know, it's plus 120. So clearly the earth is confused and global climate change and everything. And it's, we can't win this debate. We don't have to. It's just good material. It's damn good material. It's damn good. I'm amazed that people haven't lynched us over this. I'm amazed that you're allowed in many buildings because of your stance. I, really I don't am. wear a, a, a sweater or anything that says <laughs> global warming is bullcrap. Can somebody please knit John a sweater that says global warming is bullcrap? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of, I, I do have friends though that are not, obviously none of them listen to No Agenda, these no. certain oh, why know, would they? friends. Of course not. They should burn books while they're at it. Uh, they say, oh, I don't know how you can buy into that. It's uh, just Republican propaganda. What? No, 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 no. My, my favorite is the oil and gas industry oh, yeah, gives right. billions of dollars, gas. billions of dollars to bloggers everywhere. I'm like, uh, okay, where's, where's my money? Where's my dough? Yeah, this is, the, and if you really look at the numbers, no, there's billions going into pro-global warming climate change research, very little going into any anti, but no, the oil, the, the Koch brothers, they give billions to bloggers and alternative media to, to, to create conspiracy theories. I'm, you know, I fit the Where bill. are they? How come they have not a single dime? I'd gladly take some money. I'll take some money from those guys. Oh, yeah. Zero. Yeah. And that's the way it's going to stay. Uh, meanwhile, the actual money from the oil and gas industry is going into um, funding tons of little nonprofits. And this is now starting to leak through. So, And, and it's all anti-nuclear. And nuclear, of course, if you really are an environmentalist. Although I'm not convinced it's the complete it's the in- industry as a whole. I think it's a subset of the industry personally, I think. It's a subset of the industry that's specific to the to the uh, gas people, the gas guys, the uh, T Boone Pickens types. Um, I don't think the hard oil drillers, the guys who are pulling crude out of the earth, really care that much. They know that they have a product that's very useful for a lot of different things, much more so than gas, I might add. Mm. Uh, and uh, they don't, they, you know, they got they got to. Come up with new technologies. I think, well, I think as a whole, but right now, it does. It, oh, this is another thing that really doesn't matter because we have something called the Hiroshima syndrome. There's actually a great blog uh, by a former nuclear plant operator who's retired now. It's Hiroshima syndrome dot com or dot org, and he really debunks a lot of the bull crap about the, the, the stuff that we're seeing now. Even uh, this is my favorite. Underground nuclear explosion that crippled Japan atomic plant shocks the world. Bullshit. There's not there's no no underground nuclear explosion. So this is, you know, part this is where the propaganda starts. Where'd you get that? It's oh, it's been emailed to me ten times. Doesn't matter. It's 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 comes from one site, EU Times and, and any other oh, site. The that EU has, Times is the bullshit. worst. It's bullshit. Now, the one that I've been holding back on that I researched when it first started. And, uh, and immediately saw how lame it was, is the sailors 
who are who claim that uh, they got radiation poisoning from the cleanup and uh, the guy who was bought into this big time, and he he actually has Kevin Camps on his show from Beyond Nuclear, and Beyond Nuclear this is, this is a, a nonprofit who uh, it's filled with people who are have been like Arnie Gunderson, uh, longtime anti nuke people. They most definitely get funding from some industry, probably you may be gas, doesn't matter. And it's their job to make you afraid. And he has this complete content-free discussion with Thom Hartman, your buddy Thom, on RT, which it's it's laughable. It's, I mean, it's completely laughable, but it starts in these types of programming, and you know, you get a guy like Thom, the semi quasi uh, what would you call him? He's always he's really. I call him a progressive libertarian. Yeah, there you go. And he really thinks that he's that he knows everything, and he's got some science chops and whatever. So briefly, uh, this lawsuit, which uh, which was filed in 2012, was thrown out because there was no evidence that any of the claims were true. It was thrown out of court, uh, and here uh, and now the lawyer who was working for, it was really only a husband and wife, but, you know, there's this so-called talk of 70 sailors uh, who are joining in a class action, which there's no evidence of any class action or a refile, but okay, um, that apparently they got radiation sickness. And so here's this Kevin Camp. His only job is to make people afraid of nuclear energy. That's his only job. And he has no no knowledge of what he's talking about. And Thom Hartman is all in. So the rest of the news, U.S. Navy sailors on board the USS Ronald Reagan were some of the first Americans to respond to the tsunami and nuclear disaster in Fukushima, Japan in 2011. Now they're suing TEPCO, the company in charge of the stricken Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. At least 71 sailors on the USS Ronald Reagan have reported radiation sickness. And they're suing TEPCO, alleging that the company knowingly downplayed the dangers of nuclear radiation at that Fukushima site. Now, Thom here is reading almost verbatim from the websites I've seen about this. Uh, They have not uh, filed saying they had radiation sickness. That is a lie. They are saying, the plaintiffs say they suffered a number of post-accident ailments, including rectal bleeding, gastrointestinal distress, hair loss, headaches, and fatigue. Some allege... It has not been, there's no doctor's reports, thyroid and gallbladder cancer. Now, the only thing you can get from radiation exposure is hair loss and thyroid cancer. And the cancer takes years to set in, years. And we know this from the 50 or 60 uh, cases from Chernobyl. And this is all historic, this is real historical fact, as per like some real uh, reporting and real organizations, not just some bullshit. Of those 71 sailors, at least half now have some form of cancer, according to the lawyer representing them. According to the lawyer representative, not not to any official. And other sailors are dealing with thyroid and reproductive health problems. Reproductive health problems? What? What? So did TEPCO knowingly mislead the world about the radioactive dangers at Fukushima immediately following the devastating tsunami? And could this lawsuit be the first of many to come? Joining me now for more on this is Kevin Camps, radioactive waste watchdog at Beyond Nuclear. Kevin. Radioactive waste watchdog. Does it get any better, John? 
It's astonishing. Welcome back. Thanks, Tom. It's always nice to see you. Thank you. Um, so what's the story? I think I haven't, I've seen absolutely no coverage of this in any American media. No, because it's bullshit. Uh, so first- <laughs> you know, we do. I want to stop here. On this show, I want to remind people, we actually cover stuff that's not covered by the mainstream media that, that, that has some substance. Yeah. We're not covering just hysterical nonsense. No, which and if if you do any research, you know, five minutes, you can find the lawsuit that was filed. It's not 70 people. It was two husband and wife. Uh, They have no medical evidence. Um, You know, uh, it is absolutely true that the uh, that the helicopters that that came back from uh, rescue missions because uh, the, these ships have detectors, by the way. It's not like just like, oh, oh boy, it looks like, oh, some radiation. I didn't know. You know, the, the dosimeters on the on the air crew, everything, they came back, and they absolutely had radiation contamination, which equaled 25% of what a human being absorbs in one year of life. So nothing that would kill them, but they got to be a little easy. They got to go easy because, you know, it is cumulative, so they can't go, you know, they couldn't go back. But it's not like people came back and were, you know, throwing up and dying and turning green, which, of course, is what we want you to think. This is part of the Hiroshima syndrome. Well, is it actually real that that uh, the soldiers aboard the USS Ronald Reagan off the coast of uh, Japan when when Fukushima melted down? Did not melt down. Lie. Were exposed to high levels of radiation? Well, it's a shocking story. And I first learned... Shocking story! ...that last March 11th, which was the second anniversary of the Fukushima catastrophe beginning in 2011. Two so of the, they had kept this buried for two years? Two of the sailors came to a big gathering in New York City to mark the anniversary, and they were suffering health effects from their service on board the Reagan. Which could have been food poisoning, from what it sounds like. Turns out that the Reagan was anchored just a mile or two off of the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power <sighs> 15 miles. Plant ...during the worst of the radioactivity releases, well. which was news to me. I mean, I follow this as closely as I can. Two years into this thing, I find out that the Reagan was that close to these catastrophic radioactivity releases. So the crew on board that ship, 5,000-plus sailors, were in harm's way for several long days on end. Not warned by TEPCO, not warned by the Japanese government, not warned by the United States government, which had radiation-detecting planes flying all over northeastern Japan. I wonder, when they, when they send uh, the Navy to uh, hostile places, do they warn them and say, you could get killed? Is that like a warning every single time? Well, Good morning, everybody. This guy seems to indicate that. And I, and I love how people... They have to sign a non-disclosure or one of these uh, indemnification uh, documents. Right. I love how people you know that now say to me, oh, now you believe the military all of a sudden? No, I, I just do some research, some basic research. You know, I just, I just pick up, the, I don't know, like things like the court filing, you know, little things like that, just so I can get, be educated and not believe bull crap alternative media. Even Snopes has said this is false. And I don't believe Snopes, but yeah, that's that's most people believe Snopes. Snopes, they know Snopes is wrong. So, well, you would think that that an aircraft carrier in this day of dirty bombs and and you know that 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 what dirt, what day of dirty bombs, Thom Hartman? Oh, I'm sorry, did I miss a dirty bomb, John? I'm wondering where, what dirty bombs is he talking about? It's, this these this days, days of dirty days bombs, of dirty bombs, yeah. You know, if, this is. This is psychological warfare, people. They would have radiation detectors on the, on, on the, on the ship. Well, uh, some of the first news that was really disturbing in the first days of Fukushima Daiichi was that the aircraft carrier detected radioactivity on the helicopters coming back. 
landing on board the flight deck. And so one of the sailors who's now stepped forward in a big way was servicing those helicopters. Uh, that's not true. The people who stepped forward did not service those helicopters. And this is, this is true. They had radiation exposure, and the levels were very low. Another of these uh, sailors that I met in New York, uh, his name is Maurice Ennis. He set off the radiation monitors below deck, <laughs> down from being on the flight deck. So there were lots of indications that there was something seriously wrong, but they stayed in this contamination plume. There were no contamination plume. Listen, oh, just listen to this. For days on end. So they were getting the radioactive gases, which they were... Radioactive gases? ...breathing in. They were getting the fallout, fallout. onto them. So fallout, John. There was fallout from some explosion in the atmosphere. There was fallout. And see, the thing is, people have so little understanding of, of this material that even smart people who listen to our show buy into this. There is, there's no evidence, and you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not an expert, but I have gone to experts who have no skin in the game other than their expertise. Atomic Rod Adams is, is one. He points me to these other guys. And they're all operators that have been around, and they're angry. They're angry because they know they even if there is... A lot of these guys actually believe in the global warming bullcrap, too, which bothers me but they're saying listen global warming if, if this is real this is the solution but you're being scared and let's just listen to thom buy in is funny now they're being exposed that way what i didn't realize until this latest news about the relaunch of this lawsuit against tokyo electric it's not a relaunch this is not a, a it's not in beta it's not a startup it's refiling after it got thrown out of court. Even the water that the sailors were drinking was from their desalination system. So they were getting the seawater that was contaminated with radioactivity. It was being desalinated. <laughs> this is literally in like the EU Times article about this too. They, they, the, the desalination systems couldn't clear out the radioactivity. They all got sick. They were all drinking poisoned water. By the ship and they were drinking it. They were cooking with it. They were showering with it. Whoa. But Whoa. those Oh, Thumb goes, Whoa. <laughs> Salination processes don't take out the radioactivity. Right, because salt is a fairly large molecule. It's, it's uh, sodium and chloride. And if you've got just an individual atom as opposed to a molecule or a particle, the desalination is not going to take it out. Right? You need special filters. You can't get tritium out of water, period. Not oh, at an industrial scale. It's it is it's, water. It's helium. I yeah. Mean, it's hydrogen. It's hydrogen. radioactive hydrogen. Yeah. You need special filtering to get out the cesium, to get out the strontium. None of that was taking place. So that ingestion pathway combined with all the others could account for <laughs> some of these health effects we're seeing. Oh, my God. Anyway, look at the Hiroshima or Hiroshima, Hiroshima syndrome. And you'll understand much better what what radiation means, how how CPMs really translate into Becquerel's. It, it, this is really uh, sorry. This is a, that was the most. I would. I won't give you a clip of the day because it's not a no, single clip. No. But that was, was actually a depressing. <laughs> moment. De <laughs> why? Why would did you find that a depressing moment? Well, you know, Thom is you know is not you know he's some. You think he's a little skeptical, but the, but he's also a hook, line, and sinker guy when it comes to these these kind. You think a guy like that would actually try to think a little bit instead of just knee-jerk his way right through this kind of thing because it's it's on the checklist of, you know, liberal progressive that that nukes are bad and, you know, we have to do what we have to do to get rid of them. And, and so 
why are nukes bad? Well, I don't really know why they're bad, but this guy says something and it sounds bad to me, so I'm going to nod my head and and act like, you know, uh, like a bobblehead doll during the whole thing and it's just it's just something pathetic about it and it and it just i mean this is the alternative media yes this is the pro this is what what disappoints me that people cannot see that they're being played so expertly and this has been going on alternative media and that would include bloggers in this by the way in this comment I think they are more susceptible. Yes. Oh, yeah. To the real pros out there who know how to spin stuff and get their point across and and use the old oh they won't talk about this in the mainstream media uh, tricks. The funny and they, and they run this stuff out there and there's a lot of people that watch that guy and you know Democracy Now and the yeah. rest of those. But the, fu- the funny shows. thing the funny thing to me is that the same people who accuse the alternative media of being uh, saturated by money from the Koch brothers and the fossil, quote unquote, fossil. You mean they were conservative media? No, 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 no. Blogs. To, well, okay, but let's just focus on blogs. They're saying the oil and gas industry, which oh, yeah. would be Koch brothers too, that they they are you know they fund the alternative media to propagate uh, these lies about global warming. But when you actually can point out that here is funding coming from uh, gas and oil companies to these organizations, these nonprofits, who then go out and propagate anti-nuclear stories based upon b- literally made-up stories. Everyone's all in. It's like, yeah, but you know, I, I saw the chart, and you've seen you've seen this map, right, with the little swirls of red and orange going from Japan towards California. You've seen this map. It's all over the web. And yeah, that, that phony map you talked about it before. That's what Snopes actually debunked. They said this is not this is a map that was from you know something else. That nothing. There was tsunami wave map. It wasn't even about uh, anything. Of, and and by the way, three hundred thousand people became homeless because of the actual disaster, which was the tsunami. There are five nuclear reactors in Japan begging to go back online, begging. Please put us back online. We can save the economy. We can save Japan. Let us go back online. Let us start providing power instead of importing gas from, oh, gee, America. Whose agenda is it? Backslash rant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, anyway, so I'm just, I'm a little, yeah, I can see our own chat room. Oh, yeah. the chat room is 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 usually uh, the chat room is very disappointing when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Well, luckily the chat room is a minority. <laughs> yowza, yowza. Well, let's see. Um, I have a few things we can discuss. If you want to do this, this the little little kind of a subtle thing that I picked up on, which is kind of leads into my. Uh, how we do our show. Okay. This there's a there's a series on PBS and I watch it every so often because it's very interesting. Uh, it's about it's called Pioneers of Television and they talk about, you know, they go back and they analyze Sid Caesar or Milton Berle and how these, you know, the changes that took place in this case it was about variety shows and they went from one to the other. Did they have the $64,000 question in this series? Not in I think so, yeah. Cuz when had I the when I show era. When I studied communications and broadcasting, which I did for an entire 90 days at college, that was one of the main things was how that changed uh, lying and fakeness on television. 
Yeah, it changed this. It changed it so it's much more professional, yes. less amateurish. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, you don't have a ham actor like Charles Van Doren pretending to be thinking when he knew the answer in advance. This was about, uh, I think, probably about the late 60s through the 70s, about how the influence of, of sponsors uh, had a huge impact. And it starts off with this clip about the Smothers Brothers. And the Smothers Brothers had this tremendous sh comedy show that was ribbing the government about the Vietnam War the whole time. They were put on the air. What was, it, what was, it, what was the name of the, the troop? The Smothers Brothers. Oh, the Smothers. I'm sorry. They, they were rubbing the government about the Vietnam War? Oh, constantly. Oh, see, I'm, t I'm too young for this. I, I really wasn't in. I uh, used to watch the show. It's a fantastic show. It's very funny. They had their, their regular act, the two brothers, you know, bickering. But it was a lot of war jokes, like lots of war jokes. And, but CBS had put them on the air for one reason. They figured these guys are a little, little alty, a little alternative that might pull some audience away from the number one show on the networks, which was Bonanza, <laughs> which was just killing them. Right. So the Smothers Brothers come on, and they do a lot of very, I, by today's standards, lame, edgy material. And they end up uh, dethroning Bonanza because the public is eating this stuff up. And here's the way it plays out. By the end of 1967, the brothers had knocked Bonanza out of its top spot. But their network wasn't happy. <laughs> and neither was President Johnson, a personal friend of CBS President Bill Paley. In 1969, despite good ratings, the Smothers were summarily canceled. <laughs> well, that's still going on today. With, with yeah. Bill Gates just says, uh, "Just take that show off the air and change it." It's just not the president anymore. It, they, the money, the money goes direct. It's just different. <laughs> so we have wow. a couple more examples of this, and, they're, and they're, the other two are disgusting because they involve race. Can I just and, can, I, know, can the, I interject one moment there? Yeah. The way that was presented. Uh, I, can do you mind if I just play that again? Play it because the music. Oh yeah, and, and the cadence, and because the minute it, it goes to the sadness, the music changes. By the Listen. end of 1967, the brothers had knocked Bonanza out of its top spot, but their network wasn't happy, and neither was President Johnson, a personal friend of CBS President Bill Paley. In 1960, you know, I can just hear in 60 or 70 years from now. Even though the best podcast in the universe was killing it across the podcast nation, the president was not happy. And after three months, Curry and Dvorak were yeah. never to be heard from. You, you left out the key words. The president was not happy. Oh, and he and, called PayPal. He called. He called. He called Pierre Omidyar, chairman of PayPal. Within two months, Curry and Dvorak were never heard from again. That's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Even Bitcoin could not help the men because their rent could not be paid with the cryptocurrency. So the next group became race-oriented. The early shows, they wouldn't put a black guy on because, heaven forbid, some that, that person that's living off kindling wood in Alabama <laughs> would stop watching. And so, again, it was – but, again, this was the sponsor's. So play the uh, clip two here, the uh, Pat Boone clip. Variety hosts like Pat Boone were always looking for the best possible guest stars, many of whom were African-American. 
And when Boone booked Harry Belafonte, his sponsor said no. I said, what are you talking about? He's the biggest entertainer in the world. Yeah, but he's, uh, you know, he's, um, he's sort of politically active and uh, a lot of the folks down south. And I said, you're telling me I've got to go back to Harry Belafonte and say no thanks? Because you're uh, a communist. Yeah, the funny thing is, of course, Pat Boone's extremely conservative and he wanted to book, book Harry Belafonte on his show because he knew people wanted to see him. But that's but the sponsors, the overlord said no, and that was the end of it. And, of course, now we have part three where they actually tried to give a black guy a show, and they couldn't get anyone to <laughs> was, pony Is this up. the Arsenio Hall show? Matt <laughs> <laughs> King Cole did get his own variety show on NBC, but no sponsor could be found. In an unusual move, NBC then paid all production costs itself to give Cole a positive start. He did find an audience, but no sponsor had the courage to step forward. And the Nat King Cole show was canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this is this is our culture. This is the legacy. This is the history of broadcast in America. This is and now you see what you have, what you get, and the reason that we survive on this show, which is counter counterintuitive to everything being done on broadcasting, because we we don't kowtow to sponsors. We don't have to deal with it. We, we do have to have support from our listeners, supporters, producers, what we call them, and it, it, and. Every time I watch this 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 history of broadcasting show, these these uh, pioneers of broadcasting series, this is a common theme. That is just you. That's why the media, the news media, especially on television, is so milk toast. They won't talk about anything. Everything's politically correct. They're they're cowed by the advertisers. The system is really upside down. In the early days of most media, they would intimidate the advertisers and make them go along with the program. But th- that turned around sometime in the 40s or 50s, and the advertisers are running everything let now. Me, and they- let, let me go meta on you. So here is PBS, mind you. PBS, who, of course, have uh, commercial breaks now every 15 minutes. Here's PBS, too chicken shit to say which sponsor. They know which sponsor it was. Why'd they just say the sponsor? Who was sponsoring the show? What was the name of the company? They won't tell you. That's how sad it is that the historical document about this racism, uh, uh, xenophobia, and uh, and commercial hijacking of public property such as the airwaves, they can't even tell you who the perpetrators were for fear. Outstanding. Great catch. You're absolutely right. I should have caught that myself. That is brings it up beyond pathetic. <laughs> Let's find. Let's find out who was the sponsor. We'll sure find out who. Well, we know who. Nobody supported Nat King Cole, so there's nobody. To, there's nobody to point the finger at no, except all advertisers. Pat Boone. Pat Boone. We can find out, and the, I. I think it's pretty common knowledge about uh, the Smothers oh, Brothers. Here we go. Oh, l- let me just go to. Uh, this is an easy one. Sponsors. Okay. Oh. My goodness, see the USA in your Chevrolet. General Motors sponsored the Pat Boone Show. There you go. Well, there you have it. Gee, you think that General Motors is an important advertiser these days? For PBS? 
Yes, I think, I think I'm sure. You know, the, now that you mentioned, I'm sure somebody actually pulled that from the show. Prob- it was probably in someone, <laughs> some schlup had written it in, and it got pulled right out. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. That's a different company now. Well, you know, it's a different company now. It's not the same General Motors that they wouldn't do that now. <laughs> uh huh. Interesting. Let me, let me see who the Smothers Brothers sponsors were. Even though it was a little different, yeah, that was different because that was the yeah. the network. But there you go. But this is exactly what it is. This is exactly what it is. Well, isn't that funny? When you really, th- when you really think about that, yeah. I don't know how funny it is, but it's just it's a sorry state of affairs that we have to live within. Yeah, anyway, so that's why we're miles ahead. You all who participate in producing this program are part of something that is new, something that is fresh, something that is revolutionary. It's so awesome, we'll never get talked about until we're dead. No awards, no nothing. I just want a little plaque somewhere. That's all I want. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Well, we we have the support of our producers, and that's probably as valuable as any meaningless plaque. And we can also True. give ourselves an award. Can I? Can I? Can I? Um, before we start, I just this is this is another example of support from our. We get support in many many ways, and this is actually also a question at the same time. Sir Scott of the Armory, who has of course donated to the to the show and is a knight, uh, he lives uh, here in Austin. And he he sent we got a package the other day, and actually he was sending me a note because he wants to know if, if you want your package at the at the the PO box. Is Adam? I finally no. got a chance. No, no, because they they take these. This is what the, my post office does. I got a I got a big box, but if something comes in and it might remotely fit into the box, they jam it into the box, and I can't get it out. Oh, and then you have to use a broom or something? Or? No, it's ridiculous. I have to push it back onto the floor inside the post office. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then if it's too big, then I, they, I have to wait, and there's a little post office with a long line. Oh, uh, no. It's so, so, no, I'll get you, I'll just email me. I'll get you a, a real address. All right. Um, he, says, and so he sent an, uh, a, a box, a beautiful note with pictures, tons of pictures on this note. I finally got a chance to go hunting for the first time in five years since I moved back to Austin from Chicago. I took a very nice doe the weekend before Christmas. And he so he is dressing this dough at his house, and it's hung up in the garage. He says, the neighbors were surprisingly tolerant if you actually came over and watched for a while. I'm including a quart of my signature venison and black bean chili for you and Mickey to enjoy on a cold Texas January night. This quart does not require refrigeration. It's been pressure canned according to the FDA recommendation, so feel free to save for later enjoyment. It's shelf-stable for at least 24 months. I now have a full set of venison shanks, so another dinner party may be in order soon. Uh, and he sends this, this picture, and this is what I love. Uh, this is one of the many reasons, but I love my wife so much. Because this picture shows, you know, the deer's hung up by the neck. It's, it's slit open. But it also shows, <laughs> no, I mean, it shows he has trays of just the most beautiful meat you've ever seen. It, it's, it's, he, the guy is good. He knows what he's doing. This, this animal is completely stripped. And she's, she was taught how to field strip a deer as a child. And so she's like, wow, this is great. I can't wait to, test, to taste it. Where I know most people. If I, sh- I, in fact, I'll, we have the Obama bot dinners at ours on the twenty fourth. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's a test. I'm going to serve this, and it. By the way, this product he's made, John, is outstanding. I'm going to serve this chill, this venison black bean chili, and just before I serve it, I'm going to say, "Oh, look! Here's the pictures of the deer it came from." 
and let's see if they eat it. Uh, guarantee you they won't. I guarantee you one of them will puke without even just. <laughs> they'll puke. Oh. So anyway, this is another one. I don't of the, think I don't think you have the nerve to do what you just said. <laughs> what do I got to lose? The professor's gone. He's going to uh, Stanford. He got a gig at Stanford. Yeah, you told us yeah, this. Yeah. What do I got to lose? Nothing. Anyway, that's one of the many ways that we're supported. And it's beautiful. This is something that is beyond. Can you imagine Don Lemon getting this? No. <laughs> he gets a bigger paycheck, though, I'm sure. Yeah, see, yeah Don Lemon gets like, probably easily over a million, <laughs> a million dollars a year. Yeah, probably. Anyway, let's thank well, some let's, of our, our thank peeps here. Starting with Kevin Benson over there in Yowie Bay, New South Wales, Australia. One. Two, three, four, five, which is nice. He has a note about um, that, which you might want to read. I'd like to coin a new donation amount of one, two, three, four, five, which has been done by a number of people, which is an upbeat number as the thank God I don't live in America donation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Google tells me cocksure is a synonym for upbeat. So this is a challenge to all the non-U.S. slaves. If you agree with this, donate cocksure, one, two, three, four, five, May I request in not too distant future that you played the noodles kid? Maybe we should start a no agenda trust fund to pay for his therapy. <laughs> I want to be Kevin in Sydney. Thank you, Kevin. That's highly appreciated. That's a that's a beautiful donation, and uh, we'll see if uh, if the challenge is taken up by any other people. Uh, onward, we have one eleven eleven anonymous in Arizona from Asp the Cobra, who actually sent this in as a check, and he has a, a whole letterhead. With uh, I mean, it's all elaborate. It's actually, you know, it's a, some formal letterhead, but it's got a logo, Acme Widget Company, Anonymous, Arizona, FEMA Region 9. You know, it goes on. He does have, uh, I'll, I'll read it since he wrote it, went through the trouble of send, mailing it. Uh, Boys, I've been listening to the show for a long while. Finally decided to make my first donation. Insert little girl yay here. Over the years, I've listened to many Liberty podcasts and drive my significant other nuts with my listening habits. However, she kindly refers to you two utes as the boys Ooh. and enjoys the show. Oh. A game I like to play is to see how long it takes Adam to mention Miss Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's never. Miss <laughs> Vicky. Uh, I think he means Mickey. Yeah, I think so, too. It usually happens within the first 15 minutes. Ha ha. Hey, you're both definitely not L7, so please accept this donation of 111.11. John, please make it rain and kindly call to the stage my girl, Miss Roxy, who do a solo dance for yours truly. Are you prepared to do a make it rain? You did promise. I've got, I've got a bunch of backed up uh, dancers. And if you don't get mentioned in this one, anybody, and so somehow I missed you, but I went back two or three shows to catch the ones. There's only, there's one, two, three, four and five with Miss Roxy. So I suppose I can get uh, myself up for this. All right. You are green to go. Here we are, Club 33. The hottest online club since 1943. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to back off. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> a little less distortion. I just think that's okay. Try it again. <clears throat> Ready, here we go. 
Right, Club 33, the hottest online club since 1943. It's time to roll out to town for the Sunday note at Club 33. And let's begin the long journey by welcoming to the stage Trixie. Here's hang gliding, sports fishing, and pumpkin carving. Let her carve out a dance for you, Trixie. Over on stage two, we have the hottest lady to ever grace Club 33. We know you'll agree. If you can even manage to sit still, I know I can. She's into skiing, skating, and ice fishing. It's Fancy Francie. Throw her a line, Francie. <laughs> Finishing off her act on the main stage, Obot Mom Karen. The bombshell will blow you away with her wet pole dance that's renowned throughout Canada where the dancers are all vulcanized. Sorry, I meant to unionized. She gets equal pay and equal applause. Give it up. Dot-com Karen, the union girl. Finally, the management is calling out last year's Miss Club 33, Miss Roxy, Foxy Roxy, under the champagne room to do a solo dance for the Horn Dog of Arizona, ASP, the Cobra. As usual, no touching. In the morning. I'm, okay. I'm speechless. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Club 33 needs to work on its uh, acoustics. <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're already on the verge of overmodulating. Was it, I mean, I got it to sound okay. Okay. It, well, it, I just want to get that that part time gig at the Piccadilly. Oh, you're 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 in. There's no doubt. You're in. You're good. You're good to go. And this this is your audition. Yeah. Good stuff. Did you say Obama Milf? Yeah, she's the old. He called. <laughs> Obama, Obot Mill, Obot Mom, Obot Mom, beautiful, <laughs> good work. <laughs> Thank you all uh, to brought your uh, wives, girlfriends, ets wives on stage uh, here at Club Thirty Three. We uh, certainly. I, I'm going to work on a little bit more of imaging for you for that. Okay. Did you get the echo? Was the echo oh yeah? <laughs> Believe me, the echo was in. All right, here we go. Let's finish off our donor segment with John C. Anderson, Lafayette, Louisiana, $100. Richard Ballard in Allberg, Vermont, 7777 Sack of 7s. David Cardegna in Evergreen, Colorado, 7777. He sent a note, mailed one in, so I thought I'd take a look at it. He just a belated Merry Christmas to you and your families. Thank you for stepping in the media and tracking it all over the rugs. <laughs> I don't think it left out. Oh, that's nice. So he gave us a value for value donation. Uh, Charlie Brown, Mesa, Arizona, seventy three, seventy three, sixty nine, sixty nine, dude. Little resurgence. Uh, well, yeah, I had a little note from Charlie, but I'll, I can. Oh, I'm sorry. Deal with it. Well, that's, that's, let me just read a little note from yeah, Charlie. Read Charlie, first. sure. I enclosed a donation amount of seventy three offset my lost. Reading in my unindustrious, ill-conceived emails, new personal rule, I can't pull my head out of my ass and craft some intellectual capital. I must contribute to the show with some monetary capital. I figure no more than four minutes was wasted in all my emails so that hourly rate of $11,005.95 per hour. You guys are expensive. Worth every penny. <laughs> Not sure what that note even means. Okay, sixty nine, sixty nine. we got starting with uh, Matt's... Kajrud in Spiderberg, Norway. Um, what do you think that is? That's a toughie. Kjesrud? Kjesrud. That's what yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and hello, Norway. <laughs> your points, Elder please. In uh, Austria, 6969. Thank you for your courage. 
Please, oh, this is note we need to read. Give his grandma some karma. She slipped on the ice and broke her leg. Oh. Uh, and he also wants to wish his smoking hot wife, Palin, a happy birthday. Yeah, she's on the list. Let me, uh, oh, and she's in Bangkok. He's in Australia, so he'll store up the swells enough karma. Oh, you'll, you'll be able to collect later on. And here's for grandma, a little karma for ice slippage. You've got karma. That's horrible. Broke her leg. He says, yeah, he says the best thing. She's the best thing that's ever happened to him. His grandma? No, no, the, oh. his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Fiance. Uh, David uh, Borg in Melbourne, Australia, uh, 6969. He calls us Statler and Waldorf, which is not new. Uh, Edward Hines, Jacksonville, Florida. Sir Rick Bressler in Arlington, Washington. That's it. 69! 69, dude! That's it. I think with five, we can go without. That's good. Okay. Chad Smith, Murray, Utah. This is 5790. This is, uh, we have a new thing here on the spreadsheets. Uh, I asked uh, Adam, I asked the, the shill, <coughs> Eric, I visited his house that he's building. Yeah, Eric's wow. house, yeah. thing's huge. It's 4,000 4, square feet. It's a big house and he's building it. He's it's built just, that off of the money we pay him to do this spreadsheet. Well, <laughs> so we're looking for douchebag call-outs just in case somebody has one. Um... He wants to call out his buddy, Ott. This is Chad Smith, 15790 in Murray, Utah. And he calls Ott's out his buddy, Ott, as a... As a Douchebag. And then right. Lee Stevenson in Stockholm, Sweden, 5555, wants to call out uh, Marcello Two Cats as a douchebag. Oops. As he's been talking about donating, but he never does. Oh, no good. Douchebag. Michael Como, 51, 5510 in Cold Harbor, New York. Kevin Payne, Feels No, 5069 in Richmond, Virginia. Chris Whitten, Millboro, Virginia, 5050. Richard Meek in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Nuts, $50.01. These came in as checks. Um, and finally, $50 donors from Christopher Walker, Matthew Janiszewski in Chicago. Uh, Babcock, Kale, Babcock Kaleen in Japan. I have a mess on my screen in terms yeah, of Yeah, I have a mess too. I have no idea. David what... Trotsky, Romeoville, Illinois. Brett Farrell, a good old Brett in Oklahoma City. Uh, Sir Alan Bean over here in Oakland, California, who's always, uh, every month comes in. And Bogdan Lackendro in Irvine, Texas. Could be Lachendro, but I think it's Lacken. In Irvine, Texas, I want to thank them and all the other donors came with lesser amounts for and sent notes. And we read all your notes, not necessarily on the air, um, for a show 580. It reminds you, we do have 581 coming up on Thursday, and we need continued support. Yes, thank you very much, uh, everyone who donated. And as John already said, also those lesser amounts. Most of them done for anonymity pur- purposes, but a lot of you are on long-term layaway plans. And these knighthoods do come true. It happens uh, more often than not, particularly since we've been doing it for a while. Uh, the 33s, the 12, 12s, the 11, 11s, the 5s, the 4s, and even some 2s. Thank you so much. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Mark Fellner, we just uh, talked about his note and about his grandma, and he says happy birthday to his smoking hot fiance, Palin, and we concur. Happy birthday from your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And then we have...
have uh, one title change. Sir Bill Bauman becomes Baronet Bill Bauman. B, B, what is B to the third? B3? I guess. B, 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 Baronet, Baronet Bill, Bill Bauman. And I've got my blade here. I need yours for, there we go. We can take that. Mark Beckwith became an Instantite today, and we are very, very happy and proud to make your acquaintance, sir. We appreciate your support of the best podcast in the universe, and we hereby proudly knight the Sir Mark Bentwith, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. And I've got for you a bevy of lovely things. We've got Cuban cigars and single malt scotch, Cabinets and Cabernet. We've got hot librarians and Jaeger bombs, opium and warm orange juice, hookers and blow, of course, three geishas and a bucket of fried chicken, or maybe just bong hits and bourbon, vodka and vanilla, or some sparkling cider and escorts, or maybe just the mutton and mead. And thank you. Go to noagendanation.com slash rings and uh, get your uh, get your ring. Get your ring. I would think we uh, Eric said he had a, he got the new rings in and new sizes and everything. Because the rings are just continuing. People like the rings. Baby. Yeah, he's sending us, uh, I guess he'll catch up with all the weird sizes that we ran out of. Didn't, um, did we miss somebody? No, did we? We could. We can always it miss might, some people. It's always possible. I was talking, and here we go, uh, more than 15 minutes into the show. Once again, I'll talk about my wife. I, I was saying today, can you imagine if if someone proposed this show somewhere else? It would have, <laughs> seriously, it would have five writers, you know, segment producers, technologists, someone, one guy just by himself to run a website, someone to do all the show notes, uh, researchers, fact checkers, and all we'd have to do is show up. And just read the prompter, and we could get through it. We could probably fake a lot of it. We and it, it would have the same topics. Just, yeah, but it'd be done by other people, and it would <laughs> be writers, yeah. and get, like you yeah. said. And we we could add live much of the show and have the prompter keep us on track. Yeah, yeah, we it's could doable. try. We could try. It'd be it'd probably the budget of about a, it's about a one point five million dollar budget for a show like that. I think. <laughs> I think it's more than that with think? five writers. No, mm-hmm. writers work for. You know, and a, unless it's a, a network show, the writers don't get paid that much. Mm. So let's say five writers are probably going to be making sixty-five. That's three hundred grand. Sixty-five. Huh? Sixty-five. Hey, um, let me. Um, there's a, a couple of things I need to talk about. You know, the uh, the intelligence community has the IC on the record Tumblr site. This was the the transparency the president asked them to do, and so what they did is they created a Tumblr site. Apparently, that's more of the people. And uh, so I, of course, subscribe to the feed, and this shows up in my Freedom Controller aggregator. And uh, so the main things that came through uh, January 3rd was the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court approves government's application to renew telephony metadata program. Uh, So whatever Snowden said uh, doesn't uh, adhere because the secret court, which only hears one side of the argument, has said, no, 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 this this is all good. Uh, and what's interesting here? Um, uh, no, Wendell, you're, you're, you're kind of missing the point here. Went like this is okay. We got court and session. Uh, what would you like? We'd like to continue the program. Okay. Any objections? <laughs> yeah, good to go. Well, what I no like, objections? No, Done. no objections. Uh, I like the language they're using, though. On several prior occasions, the director of national intelligence—that's Clapper—has declassified information about the telephony metadata collection program under the business records. Blah blah. blah. Uh, and in order to provide the public a more thorough and balanced understanding of the program, uh, they're disclosing the fact that the secret court did what you just did. Um, so thank you for being so transparent. 
Funny enough, at the end of this little note, it says, the administration is undertaking a declassification review of this most, most recent court order. So we won't actually be able to find out if that's exactly the way it went or not until they decide whether they can de- declassify uh, you know, the actual document that has been declassified. Now, as a bonus to that, because they're so angry about how this went down, they sent a letter to the New York Times. That is Robert S. Litt, General Counsel for, Counsel for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. So this is uh, Clapper's lawyer. To the editor, Edward Snowden, whistleblower, editorial, January 2nd, repeats the allegation that James R. Clapper Jr. That sounds like, doesn't that sound like Ray Parker Jr. who did Ghostbusters? James R. Clapper Jr., the director of national intelligence, quote-unquote, lied to Congress about the collection of bulk telephony metadata. As a witness to the relevant events and a participant in them, I know that allegation is not true. So they're really pissed about this. Um, And I'm going to, uh, this is a short note, but this is interesting. Senator Ron Wyden asked about collection of information on America. We have the clip. I'm going to play the clip in a minute, but let's... You want to play the clip first and then hear their rebuttal? Yeah, let's play the clip first so people can familiarize themselves with exactly what happened. No, no, no. I think, it's, it I think it's more interesting to read what they're saying first because then you listen to the clip with new ears. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, you're, you set this up. You, you, I'll let you go. Go. Senator Ron Wyden asked about collection of information on Americans during a lengthy and wide-ranging hearing on an entirely different subject. While his staff provided the question the day before, now remember, this is something we always talk about. This is all theater. It's all bullcrap. All the questions. It's scripted. While his staff provided the questions the day before, Mr. Clapper had not seen it. He didn't read the script, essentially. He thought he could ad lib. As a result, as Mr. Clapper has explained, he was surprised by the question and focused his mind on the collection of the content of Americans' communications. In that context, his answer was and is accurate. When we pointed out Mr. Clapper's mistake to him, he was surprised and distressed. I spoke with a staffer for Senator Wyden several days later and told him that although Mr. Clapper recognized that his testimony was inaccurate, it could not be correctly publicly It could not be corrected publicly because the program involved was classified. This incident shows the difficulty of discussing classified information in an unclassified setting and the danger of inferring a person's state of mind from extemporaneous answers given under pressure. Wow! Best legal defense ever! (laughs) That's a good one. You cannot understand the extemporaneous state of my mind when I'm answering under pressure. I did not drop that weed cookie. So, summarizing, the clapper, the clapper, that's his name from now on, the clapper didn't read the script. His staff, his assistants failed him, did not prepare him for this question, and therefore... He was confused about the answer because he thought he was getting the scripted question, do you collect people's, the content of people's communications? So now let's listen to the clip in with this reference. 
I thank you. And just for you, Director Clapper, again on the surveillance front, and I hope we can do this in just a yes or no answer because I know Senator Feinstein wants to move on. And by the way, if he had read the script, all he would have had to say was no. Because he was asking for a yes or no answer. Last summer, the NSA director was at a conference, and he was asked a question about the NSA surveillance of Americans. He replied, and I quote here, the story that we have millions or hundreds of millions of dossiers on people is completely false. The reason I'm asking the question is, having served on the committee now for a dozen years, I don't really know what a dossier is in this context. So what I wanted to see is if you could give me a yes or no answer to the question, does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? No, sir. It does not. Not wittingly. There are cases where they could inadvertently perhaps... Uh, collect, but not not wittingly. All right. uh, you can even hear Wyden go, oh, you cocksucker, you didn't read the script. You dick. Um, so with this now in mind, I can hear now Wyden's surprise. He is, he's like, what? And I can hear that Clapper is unfit for office. Was he doing Sudoku puzzles or something? Just... Was he just looking at, oh, this next question, uh, just whatever? What's your take? I can see that interpretation, and I can uh, understand. Uh, I think you're right on, on all counts. He didn't – he took this too casually. I mean, the right answer, if, if you had the script, because uh, you're given the the questions in advance and the rest of it is bull crap, would be uh, – would be the, to obfuscate the answer by saying something like, well, this is uh, classified or I'd have to get back to you as far as I know. Uh, there's all these weasel words you can use. Uh, I'm not sure I understand what you mean, but, right, right, which right, is the right. classic. Right. Because then you're done. You're good. You're good to go. If you start anything off with, I'm not sure you, what you mean, but. And uh, but instead, he actually just out blatantly lied. Yeah. I don't see how the lawyer can see it any other way. It's just a out and out blatant <laughs> yeah, lie. Yeah, what an yeah. idiot. Yeah. He's, he's unfit for office as far as I'm concerned. Unfit. Unfit. No, I agree. What, what, what was he doing? He knew he was coming up to the thing. He had the this question. Is, so this, do you think Wyden was going to softball him with uh, what color is your, what's your favorite color? And this is, and this guy, this clapper, it, I remember when he was on, I think it was NBC and there was a number of people. Oh, right. That, and, that, and, right. Yeah, and this, and that, what was it? The, uh, the London. clip of that somewhere. Somewhere. The, 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 it, yeah. it was something that happened in London. Was that the liquid bombing plot and they had found was, the guys or whatever? And, right. and everyone knew it. Everyone had heard this everyone news. Everyone had the briefing, the morning briefing. Yeah. And, except, he's, like, no. and he's like, what? 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 I, I didn't have, what? Okay. So uh, a couple, I have a couple things that I need to, uh, this is all, of course, about, I think this is the story of my lifetime. I, I really enjoy all of the shenanigans around Snowden and everything that's happening. Um, and there's been there's a couple new players on the scene that I want to introduce, uh, some older ones who are back. But first, uh, this there is something going on when we have, and this is the, the main narrative right now, and I think I know why, but uh, New York Times and The Guardian both now not only classifying Edward Snowden as a whistleblower, 
but also calling for amnesty. Now, when yeah. both now both of the now so New York Times is is got to be you know of course there's intelligence there. I'm just going to say that CIA and MI6 is the Guardian. Um, so there's this reasons. That, what we, yeah, this is part of what we believe to be yes. true. Yes, and there's reasons why they want this to happen. Um, and there's there's you know there's a lot of information and perhaps misinformation or disinformation out there about having more documents. And I have a, a clip on that. I think the the media really really wants Snowden, and I can understand from a general media perspective. I mean, the guy even his. By now, the glasses, the long head, the shitty haircut, you know, it's a, it's a brand. Brand Snowden is alive. You can do this guy like the, like the Obama hope and change posters. You'll recognize him. He's highly yeah, no, recognizable. And I think when you say media, you're not talking about media. You're talking about media I'm with me- a capital yeah, M. Yeah, capital M. Oh, if yeah. I'm ABC, NBC, this guy is a gold mine. We can get some, make some hay yeah. with him. The news yes. division can finally make some money. We can put him on the air. We can put the him movie, on The movie, 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 on. movie. I know there's guys in Russia movie right guys now. guys want to do a story. We got yeah. a book publisher. Yes. We got lots of money to spend on yes. that. Brand Snowden is alive and well. And this is great because Brand Snowden detracts from the true egregious behavior that is going on with the American industry known as the Internet Services Industry. Uh, so when we focus on Snowden and and uh, and Amnesty, we're not focusing on uh, secret lawsuits that, that Google tries to have um, uh, put under seal about their Gmail service, uh, which I have a copy of that. Um, and, and I can tell you that legally, if Google is reading an email that I send to you and you're on, on, on Gmail, that is, that is illegal. All right, but this lawsuit about this very thing right here, you can, you can, they can read anything you put on there. That, but I don't have, they don't have my right to read my email that I send to you. So anyway, so that all this stuff, we don't want you talking about that. Don't be looking at that. Please be looking at crazy back doors on iPhones, and please be distracted by Edward Snowden. Uh, which, by the way, there's a little discrepancy which I wanted to ask you about. This prison program, uh, everywhere I look, uh, every news article keeps stating without, and The Guardian, of course, uh, is the number one. I, unbelievable, The Guardian says it. They keep stating that the the prison program was discontinued in 2011. I don't understand how they can say that when the document we were shown says that Apple got on board in 2012 after Steve died. So how can it be discontinued in 2011, and it was a Bush program, of course, yet they're, they're, the documentation we see says that it was still alive and that Apple joined in 2012. So right. th- that's, a, that's the big problem as far as I'm concerned. That slide we talked about last show, that slide is the, is the problem. So now well, we have been trying to keep us away from looking at that slide anymore. I oh, don't know yeah. if you haven't noticed oh, it's that. Gone. It's so gone. So there's something there is some date specific thing they have to use for some it's probably internal. We don't know why. It's got something to do with somebody's salary. It could have something to do with the budget, the you know, the some lies in the mm-hmm. budget when could they be. got money. Mm-hmm. So it's something internal to the agency that doesn't really mean anything to us. I think possible. And so they, and, but this 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 glaring problem with the 2012 mention on the slide is they just hope that goes away. I guess, and they just assumes nobody's going to ask that question. I don't know, but mm. it. I don't think it's anything that we need to. 
we can assume that that, that program is still in play. Oh, yeah. No, hey. I'm, 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 all that I'm concerned about, and this is what I've always talked about, is, you know, the free mirrors and trinkets that everyone takes and accepts and, and you know, bully on you. The, you're, being, you're being sold to law enforcement agencies, intelligence. Uh, it's the same data that, that is being sold to advertisers and sponsors and anything. And, yeah. and look same at stuff. Yeah, you're, and you're getting crappy service for that, too. It doesn't matter. That's the real surveillance that's happening. Now, new players. Although this player has been around, she's back. Jesslyn Raddick. Uh, she was on, I think this might have been CNN or MSNBC. Jesslyn Raddick is apparently the lawyer for Snowden. Uh, which I'm a little confused because Lon, his dad, has a lawyer. And there's the, uh, what's the the civil uh, civil liberties group? They've, they've got a lawyer. But now she's the lawyer. And Jesslyn Raddick is interesting because she is part of that uh, a, 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 the outfit that gave Snowden the uh, the Candlestick Award. Mm, this yeah. is the uh, hold on a second, I'll get it here. Um, why can't uh, I can't find it for him? I don't know why I'm I'm spacing. Oh, maybe it's over here. Hold on. Anyway, uh, she's with the Government Accountability Project Gap. And she's on, and she, so she's, she was a whistleblower herself. She blew the whistle, quote unquote, on the FBI for inappropriately interrogating uh, Ling. I think it's the first American Taliban. You'll recall that uh, story. Oh, that guy that was, he's local to us. To you, yes. Marin County, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was interrogated um, illegally. And as an American, you have rights, and if uh, and if you have a representation, uh, you have a lawyer. The FBI can't interrogate you without talking to your lawyer, and your lawyer can say no. And so they they did that anyway. And she blew the whistle on that, and now she's part of the Government Accountability Project, which we are suspicious about. But they went to Russia. They gave Snowden a candlestick, the Sam Adams Award. It's literally it's a candlestick. Like thanks. I'm in Russia, in Moscow. I got a candlestick. What am I going to do with this? And she is now spokesperson. And, she's, and the thing is, you look at her, she's kind of cute. But she talks like she's had a stroke. Maybe she has, but wow, and her mouth goes all crazy left and right. It's fascinating to watch. So I think she's good media material. And joining us now is Jessalyn Radak. She is legal advisor to Edward Snowden. And, and Jessalyn, just to get us started here, because a lot of people are curious how Mr. Snowden is doing. When is the last time you spoke with Edward Snowden? And, and how is he doing these days in, in Russia? We speak regularly um, by encryption, and he's doing great. He's hey, John, should we talk regularly through encryption? We got to make uh, sure we do that. Yep, let's do that. He's doing very well. And I guess you've probably seen in the New York Times and in the Guardian in the last couple of days that those newspapers have called for some sort of plea bargain or clemency for Edward Snowden. Uh, would he be agreeable to coming back to the United States, admitting some guilt in exchange for some leniency? Now listen carefully to her answer. I can't get into plea bargain negotiations really on the air, but he certainly would love to come back. To <laughs> I can't get into negotiations, but let me start the negotiations. This is a setup. The United States, if the conditions were right, and I think some sort of pardon or amnesty would be appropriate. Um, and, you know, again, if there were conditions attached to that amnesty, that's not something I can speculate about, really. But he would definitely be amenable under conditions such as a pardon or amnesty. Now, am I crazy or did she just lay out conditions? 
She says, no, I, that's what she did. She's yeah. trying to get in on this deal. Uh, coming back. No one has contacted his attorneys, and the Justice Department certainly knows how to get a hold of us if it would like to talk about these issues, which I would be glad to run by my client. Um, I can't say for sure right now. Um, I don't think he's committed any crime, and I don't think he should. I think he's been punished quite enough already by being you know, stripped of his statehood and basically exiled for the past six months. I think he certainly has paid a very high price already. Oh, and this one time at band camp, I stuck a flute in my pocket. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> she just sounded so much like it. Uh, now, the truth comes out about the 1.7 million documents. Remember, this is his lawyer. He, she represents well, him. She says her legal advisor, one-time lawyer the next. Yes. What is she? I, she claims to be and his... And she says he's got lawyers, and then she says she's his lawyer, and then she says she's his legal advisor. But she what talks is... to him through encryption every day, and he's doing fine. So I find they... that hard to believe, by the way. Well, again, this is all a big show, and this, these are the, the players on the scene. Uh, let's talk about the documents. And, and what other information does he have that, that might be of interest to the United States government? Because... Uh, one thing that we heard from a, a security official over at the National Security Agency, pretty top official over there, uh, said that he would be interested in some sort of amnesty for Edward Snowden in exchange for his data. Uh, does he have some of this still in his possession? Would he be uh, open to providing everything that he has back to the federal government in exchange for some sort of deal? As far as I know, he no longer possesses any data and has not I had possession of any data since he left Hong Kong for Russia. Um, so that would not really pertain. However, I do think he has other things um, to bring to bear in the conversation that the government might want to initiate, and they know how to find myself and Ben Weisner of the ACLU um, if they want to start a conversation about amnesty or pardon. Well, there you okay. go. He's Here's got no chips. He's got no okay. chips. All right, go. All right, this woman's not, there's something fishy about her, and the, the here's the deal. The way I see it was being set up. The government wants to get, or the CIA, because they promise if they, if he's a CIA guy, like we initially assumed to, to set this thing up, they got to get him back in because that's part of the deal. So they got to extract him. They got to bring him back into the country somehow. So they create this bogus story about all these extra documents that he's got, and they're holding this bogus story up as that's going to be the, the the negotiating angle because he's got all these things and he can turn them back over and everything's fine and they get some sort of clemency and all the rest of it works out. She blows the lid off. She actually calls them out on this. She's on the other side of this. She's on the whatever this other side is. Not going to let that fake story get m much traction. Exactly. Even though it's still yeah, I agree. I agree. So she agree. is there to screw up yep. any possibility because she's working for the NSA. Yeah, there you go. Good one. And that's and you know keep your enemy you keep your friends close your enemies closer. No wonder they were over there. And notice that uh, that Sarah Robinson, the, the hottie, they she got kicked out. She's in Berlin now, living with Laura Poitras and and Applebaum or whatever. Right. <laughs> that's a sandwich I don't want to see. <laughs> it's not a sandwich. It's. I, you know, I could be lewd here, but the way I yeah, would imagine that, <laughs> really? you know where I'm going to go with this. Yeah, I don't know if we want to, but from you, I can have, I can take it. Okay, the two girls are together. He's sitting in the corner, watching. <laughs>
That's it. That's your, that's your whole. I'm not going to go any further than that. You can you can figure it out for yourself. That's your whole story. <laughs> that just seems like that. If you see a group like that in Berkeley, it's the first thing you think. Yeah. It's like, oh brother. And then we have a new dude, although he's been around, but we have a new puppet from WikiLeaks. Of course, Julian Assange played out. No one, you know, done. We don't need the guy anymore. And Julian was fantastic. He also, Brand Assange was great. We need a new one. This guy is is perfect right down to the spelling of his name. Kristen Parafnison. <laughs> and he's from Iceland. And, and listen, you spell his name K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N, which is completely unnecessary for any linguistic purposes. There's, there's no reason to have an extraneous N in your name. That's just showing off. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. And then his last name, Harafnason, we're missing vowels. H-R-A-F-N-S-S-O-N. And he is, and the guy, he looks great. He, this could be new brand WikiLeaks. Have you Googled the guy yet? I'm going to do that right now. Kristen Harafnason. Uh, he's, he's my age, uh, which kind of scares me because I'm like, holy crap, this guy looks old and beat up. He's 52. He's a little bit older than I am. Not much. Um, and he was on CNN with uh, f- battling with Jeffrey Tubin, uh, and it's irrelevant because what t- well, you'll hear Tubin do is uh, so Tubin starts off by saying, "Hey, you're calling me Hitler or, or Nazis or whatever," and this guy shoots back, and then Tubin's going to wind up by doing exactly what he is trained to do to say, "We're not talking about anything but Snowden," and that is exactly the message. We need to talk about nothing else but Snowden. Not about spying, not about Silicon Valley, not about Clapper lying, only about Snowden. And Tubin re- receives an award from me for being so bluntly honest, even though he's completely full of crap. Here's the new wiki guy, Kristen from Raffinson. I was simply saying that it is a, it is a very established principle uh, that uh, an individual has a moral uh, obligation even to break the law when it serves on the higher ideals. And those higher ideals that, uh, that Edward Snowden is trying to protect uh, are, are the principles of the United States Constitution, which uh, I suggest that the gentleman just before me does not care very much about. He has also ch- suggested that national security interest has been, ha- have been harmed. Uh, that has been by the administration without any proof being proven that that happened. What Edward Snowden has, has also revealed is the simple fact that uh, the director of national intelligence, James Clapper, lied to Congress last spring in April. He committed a felony. Why aren't we discussing the possibility of him getting a plea deal for... Uh, Jeffrey, uh, what do you think of that? ...coming clean on that issue. Well, you know what? I am certainly not going to defend Clapper's testimony before Congress. It sure seemed like a lie to me, but it has nothing to do with whether uh, Snowden uh, committed a crime or not. You know, lots of crimes get prosecuted, lots of crimes don't, but we're here to discuss Snowden, and I think nothing that I've read in the newspaper in the past day or the past month suggests anything other than this is someone who committed major crimes against the United States. And, you know, if he can work out a plea bargain, fine. I mean, that's, that's how many cases are resolved. But the idea that he deserves clemency when we don't know where this stuff is, who has it, what they've done with it, is just preposterous. So I think this new wiki guy is good. I think he, he could be a new player on the scene. He's got the crazy accent, kind of the Nordic weird head. Um, and uh, he could be the new guy. Okay. 
I'm looking at him. Uh, pictures. He looks like a, you know. He looks like an Icelander. He's got the you know everything is just slightly. He could be the new askew. guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the final thing I'll say on this. Because... And what was that guy? What was this other guy? This guy. This is the stooge for the government working for what CNN. Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, he's been around forever. Oh, Tubin is that yeah. guy. Tubin. Yeah. Yeah. Tubin. Hey, Tubin. Hey, Tubin. Uh, so let me just read from this uh, this filing, and it's in the show notes if you're interested. 580.nashownotes.com. Administrative motion to conditionally file under seal portions of plaintiff's consolidated individual and class action complaint. Uh, this was Google's attempt to conceal the class action lawsuit uh, filed against them. And, um, and I want to just give you briefly the history so you can watch for this in the future. When was Gmail? Was Gmail like 2004, 2004, 2005 when that came out? I don't remember. And I remember every single per. Oh my God! They're giving you a free gigabyte. Yeah. A fr- and everyone free. The tech press was just everyone. Get Gmail. Gmail's great. Just everyone gotta have Gmail. And everyone bought into this, and it was propagated by your technology media and press. And nary was anyone even thinking about what was really happening. And now you're locked in. And. Uh, the lawsuit that is before 2004. us. Yeah, see? The lawsuit that's before us here, which is which they try to put under seal and is not under seal, is a class action lawsuit, and I will definitely participate, uh, that if I send email from adamatcurry.com, which is from my own server, and I send it to uh, someone at, at gmail.com, Google legally does not have the right to read that correspondence. They have the right to read whatever that person who I'm sending it to has, but not what I send to them legally. And certainly not to build a profile on me. Oh, this is good. I can get on this, too, because I use the email. I think we probably have. To, I don't know, though, if you if you ever it's probably and I'm not a lawyer, but if you've ever signed up for Gmail and, ah. you, and you may be that you may be I may, done. Have, I may have screwed myself yeah, you may be and I of course have signed up for Gmail so you you may be done like I don't know that may last forever yeah you have no standing for the suit it's yeah. possibly in Possib- the yeah, terms possible. of service right and actually they could fix that with anyone who signed up by even if it's not in there they can change it because all these terms of service so always it can say, change it at any minute it. yeah yeah post facto yep but anyway I don't use that anymore hmm there's also a class action lawsuit against Facebook for monitoring of users' private messages. Yeah, you know, and it's always this is lawyer stuff. It's always unfortunate, you know, because it's hard for pe- for people to understand. It's impossible for the mainstream media to actually communicate it to people. Like, oh, whatever. Uh, and the lawyers, of course, take all the money. And the real policy is is rarely changed, or the real dangers are rarely exposed. Not, not my problem. We just try to. We just try to help out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, as best we can. Yeah, well, we try. And I want to remind people, I don't have, I have some, a few puff pieces and stuff left to finish with. Uh, we could finish the show on an upbeat after you depressed us with the uh, thing earlier uh, with a real news segment, which we haven't <laughs> done for a while. No, we certainly have not. Uh, let me see. You have, oh, you have two. I have two. I'm, I'm, should we? You want to do two or? Well, I think I can do two. They're short, and I think we'd have to begin though with the real news intro uh, clip. No, of, of the, course, uh, no. I just, I, I I'm going to yeah, do all do that. Two. I'd like. Well, actually, here's what we'll do. You're going to play that thing, and then you're yeah. just going to run. These are important news stories. Yes. 
start with the uh, the bout story and then yeah. it never ends. Uh, and you're going to get two. This is what's going on. But right. most people are paying more attention to this than all this crap that we talk about. Yep. And this is what what's, what really counts. And it's it's actually it will make you uh, disgusted. And now back to real news. And let's end by talking about the biggest baby news. This is my favorite baby of all, <laughs> baby George. Is baby he, George, is royal he just George, the cutest. <laughs> I know, and he's a big baby. Yes, he is. Uh, you know what? They're doing it their way, and I think that makes us love the royal family even more. I mean, they started, you know, with those first pictures, and those were taken by Kate right. Middleton's father. Yeah, so they're doing things so differently. Totally. Um, they're really rewriting the royal baby and how to raise a kid. And, of course, they have their help, but um, they really want to be as involved as they can. Yeah. All right. Jen, thank you so much. Thanks for a look back. Joining me now to Top Style, our very own style producer, Anthony Ramos. Hello. And style expert, Louise Rowe. Good Hello. to see you both. Let's get to it because I love a breakdown list. We are starting with Best Dressed Star of the Year. Louise, who's yours? Taylor Swift. We've done enough red carpets now and you see her walk by. <laughs> and not only, I mean, she's got the body of a supermodel, but she's just always wearing bright color, which I love. Look at this red gown at the CMAs. <laughs> so stunning. But then equally, she'll bring out her in a rock chick and do a super short Ooh, or cutouts on the waist here, something sparkly. And I, what I love about Taylor is that she's an amazing role model for young women. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Okay, I get to I get to go back. All right. From the F Russia department. The Russian president Vladimir Putin has visited Sochi ahead of the upcoming 2014 Winter Olympics, taking part in an all-star ice hockey match. He played his Belarusian counterpart Alexander Lukashenko before touring various Olympic buildings. President Putin has also relaxed a controversial ban he'd imposed on all public protests at next month's games. People will now be able to hold demonstrations in a designated area of the Black Sea Resort, but only if they get special permission first okay a couple things about this one how awesome is the president of russia he goes out and plays a full ice hockey match he's like beating people up and body checking and blah. it's just just great really cool and then stand in double that's my no guess. it was him and then you have no this doesn't need no double he doesn't and then of course the bbc said well, you know, they'll be able to protest, but only in designated areas. Uh, yeah, like the United States freedom of speech zones. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. It's the thing. same thing. But they, do they bring this up? They brought it up, though, right? That it's exactly oh, the same. Uh, let me think. Uh, no, they didn't. Oh, and oh, then this, and I had missed this because, of course, I didn't watch Essie Cup with the final one-hour interview of um, Glenn Beck on CNN. Gee, I missed the show. Oh, that's a shame. But this clip was pointed out to me, and and this and anyone who thinks the Blaze is all great and Glenn Beck is uh, Glenn Beck is a dummy. And the LG. We're talking about Duck Dynasty. Do you know what happened last week in Russia? One of their biggest stars on television said that homosexuals should be put into the ovens alive. I didn't think you could make the Holocaust worse, but he's like, why the gas chamber? That seems a little too humane. Let's put them alive in the ovens. I said on the air this week, I will stand with Glad. I will stand with any, anybody who will stand up and say, that's crazy. That's dangerous. That's 
heterofascism. Mm. That's what that is. <laughs> what? <laughs> heterofascism. So we've gone now from the Russian uh, kill the gay laws to heterofascism. And Glenn Beck is all in on the lie. It's oh, yeah. unbelievable. I will stand with Glad. Please. Uh, we should have the white paper out uh, beginning of this week. I'm reviewing the fourth and final chapter and the appendix that uh, our gay crusader Brian has done. Uh, and, and it'll be something that you can just email to people after they don't believe you, and they probably won't read it. But at least, at least you. Well, there has to be an executive summary. At no, the no, beginning. no, no, no. Believe me, I've hammered on this. We have the executive summary. Basically, you say the same thing three times. And we make sure that the show is promoted properly and credited in this document, obviously. Yes. But Brian, is, he's a real journalist and a lawyer, and you know, he's, he's well-known in the LGBTQQI community. Yeah, everything will be ready, and finally get out to the public, and finally get wide distribution right after the Olympics are over. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll have lots of interview requests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have tons of interview requests, and it'd be great. Maybe. Maybe not. Okay, right. so so what I didn't get to, I didn't get to uh, the Chiners, I didn't get to Turkey. Oh, can't believe I didn't get to Turkey. We got Turkey uh, coming up on Thursday. Yeah. Okay, Turkey on Thursday. Thursday, t- Turkey Thursday. Turkey, Turkey Thursday. Turkey, South Sudan, <laughs> which it's all China, by the way. Mali, Chiners again in Mali. My goodness. And, and of course, the funniest thing, um, it, you know, Apparently, having Kim Jong-un execute his uncle wasn't good enough. Uh, now yeah. we have to leak the story that he had his uncle ripped to shreds by 120 starved dogs. Yes, I love this one. <laughs> at what point... At what point does the public say, what is this bullcrap? <laughs> the guy, like, the guy was, like, was... The problem is we know what he looks like, but if I think if it was done in the olden days, it would, we'd have pictures of him as some drooling Fu Manchu <laughs> yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> it's you fantastic. Know, it, it was the most, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. I just shook my head when I heard that one. Gave me a rise for sure. All right. Well, I've got some stuff to argue, put on Thursday. Okay. So we, we, yeah, we, we, I mean, we've, we've done another three hours. This is not, uh, this is too much. Too much. A lot of us are, are uh, talking about off-topic stuff. I think. No. What do you mean? People like. No, it's going to say. What do you say? Was fodder? No, I think people like it. That's the problem. Oh, <laughs> that's the problem. Like it's going three hours. I think what they'd like is I don't know how we can tighten it up. I don't see how we can. You're the one that always wants to tighten it up, but even you don't know how to do it. No, I don't know how to do it. I don't want to go to three and a half because no, that's where this no, is no, headed. No, no, that's no, no, no. We're gonna we're back to two and a half. Thursday. We got to ease off this. You can't do it. You can't go cold turkey. <laughs> Just have a hard stop. Hard stop. Hard. We have a hard stop, everybody. <laughs> I love meetings that start like that. I have a hard stop at 1229, so I have to be. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry about your meeting. Like, well, don't come into my damn meeting. We'll have a meeting about that. All right. Coming to you, FEMA Region 6 here in Austin, Texas. Uh, in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I. My machine didn't reboot once again. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday with Turkey Thursday right here. The best podcast in the universe. The No Agenda Show.
humanity. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.